Kai Crocker, how are you? I mean, people probably didn't believe me, but I was, like, I'm gonna be a star. Like, <laughs> I would tell people that, or I would like sign their little papers in class and be like, <laughs> you need to keep that one day. God has a plan. You're gonna make it. You always have, it's gonna be okay. Keep going, keep working. Just keep pouring positivity into me, even when I am negative. Like, they're just gonna keep pouring it into me. And nobody cares. Like, nobody nobody knows that I'm going through all this or that I went through this. And everybody else is going through their own stuff. Like, it doesn't matter. Because the only thing that does matter, at least in, you know, basketball per se, is, like, the result. These past couple months for me have been, like, just to be completely, like, authentic and honest. Very challenging. Um, I've had a lot of ups and downs mentally, emotionally physically just trying to figure out what's next and how to how who do I want to be today's guest is women's basketball player Kylie Crocker I met Kai about two and a half years ago at this point when she started the racial justice council after the events of George Floyd she helped me a lot here at my time at Cal so far in getting involved in engagement groups and learning a lot as well especially about social and racial justice She's been an incredible guide for many as she's used her voice and privilege for the good of others. She recognized from an early age that she was raised differently, that she was raised with a certain privilege by two amazing parents and two older siblings that really guided her. And she's used those lessons to impact those around her. She managed to graduate in three years from the prestigious Haas School of Business. And now she's transferred to play as a graduate student at Colorado State. This is an incredible episode. We talked about the importance of her family, her faith, her entire tribe behind her that supports her, the struggles that not many people know about behind her story of what is success nowadays, and much more. It's a great episode. I really hope you enjoy it and that you take a lot from it. With that being said, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Denting. I am your host, Fernando Andrade, and today I have a very, very, very special <laughs> guest. Three berries for you. Wow. Because All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've spoken about this before, but when I first started this project, I had a list of people, like ideal people that I wanted on this podcast, and you were there from the start, wow. and we've worked on this for a while, so <laughs> very excited. It's happening. Kai Crocker, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Very good. Very <laughs> excited about this. Um, looking forward to all of this. I told you I did my little research, so for sure. Been, I was like, ooh, okay. Yeah, I've been thinking about this for a while, but before we get started, would you like to introduce yourself for those that may not know you? For those who do not know me, um, I'm Kylin Crocker. Um, excited to be here. Very excited that it's actually happening now. Um, appreciative to Fernando for, for being persistent and making this happen and making sure that I didn't forget about him. So, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, it's real. So I'm really excited about this. I, I've known you now for, I think, two years. Yeah, sure. two years. And yeah. we've talked about this for like a year, but you're a very busy person. But thank you so much for making the time, especially now when times are even busier. So <laughs> thank sure. you so much. Um you are a women's basketball player. I am. Here from California, from the L.A. area. Um, tell me about your childhood and what it was like. For sure. I mean, I have to say, I'll say Orange County area as okay. well. Okay, my bad. I got to rep both. Yeah. I, I grew up in Orange County, but, you know, a lot of my family and went to church in L.A. And so 
I'll cl- I got to claim Orange County because yeah. I'm from 714 area, Cypress. So, um, growing up, I'm the youngest of three. So, you know, the baby, you, you get everything. So, um, I grew up with just um, always watching and seeing and, uh, sorry, should I be looking at the camera? Looking at oh, no, you can look at me. I was just checking that they're all recording. So, if I do that, it's just... Okay. Me checking, yeah. My bad. So I grew up, you know, the youngest of three, um, learned everything from just watching and just being, you know, the little sister that's always there. Didn't always say much, but it was just watching. Um, I have an older brother. He's the oldest and the older sister. And she, you know, runs the house pretty much. Yeah. Got that middle child syndrome for sure. I I saw that your older brother, Cameron, right? Yeah. He played basketball at UPenn. He did. He did. How much did that influence you in in, your, in terms of basketball? Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, he is the first of everything. So um, in our family, he pretty much, you know, has guided me through everything. So I grew up, there's nine years between us. So, you know, there's, there's a little big gap. So um, I grew up when he was in high school. I think I was in elementary school and he was, you know, he was the man. So... Um, just growing up, going to games all the time, um, watching his practices. My sister, like, jokes now. She actually gets, like, really mad, but she acts like it's a joke that, like, all of our family vacations over the summer or anything always had something to do with basketball. Yeah. The first time we went on a family vacation that did not have to do with basketball was when I graduated high school. Damn. Because my, bro- my sister graduated college, I graduated high school. Um, and then my brother had like graduated from his master's. So it was all in the same year. So like, we were like, okay. My sister was like, I don't want to hear about a basketball. We're not going to the gym. If you want to do your own workout, you do it. But we're not doing anything that has to pertain to basketball. <laughs> so I was like, all right. But um, he has pushed me to be who I am today. Um, him and my dad, I never grew up with a trainer. I don't even really know what it's like to go, you know, to a basketball gym and train and do all this type of stuff. It, it really, we grew, I grew up across the street from a park. And then um, when I was in like middle school or so, we got a basketball hoop in our backyard and I would come in crying every single day. I, my lip was busted or he pushed me or he was just running me all hard. Your brother. Like, my brother. <laughs> no, like when I, it was, I got tough out there on the blacktop and on the pavement and he would dunk on me. He would push me around. Like he just made, he was like, you gotta be tough. He would, I didn't start playing with um, girls until I was in middle school. Like the, I was thinking I was eighth grade because I was about to go into high school and stuff. So they were like, okay, maybe it's time to get on a girls team and try to start the process of all that. But I played with boys the whole time. On club teams with boys before? Yeah, I, I pretty much like grew up playing with guys. Um, I would play with my brothers, my brother, and like his team. And he would always put me on his team, and he'd be like, "All right, it's time." Like. Nobody else would pick me, of course, if he didn't, but we would play, I would play with his teammates and, um, or I would just be around, um, the travel ball league, like a lot of our family members and family friends are all basketball oriented. So just going 
to Linwood and Verbum Day and stuff growing up, like when I was in at Low Sal, my first two years is high school. Um, I think every day my brother was coaching at Verbum Day at that time. Every day he would pick me up from school and we'd go straight to Verbum Day. And I would be there till like nine, ten o'clock. I would do my homework there. I would watch practice. I would when my homework was done, he would check it and be like, All right. It's time to work out. I would go work out with the guys. I would do their practices. I would play pickup with them. I would hang out with them. Then like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, we would get home. And it was like, okay, go to sleep <laughs> or eat dinner. My mom would have dinner waiting for us. Then, um, yeah, then that was kind of just my life. And I just really enjoyed uh, it and grew up around men's basketball and guys a lot of my life. And then when I transitioned to the women's side, it was – it was definitely different, but um, it was really exciting because I was like, all right, now I'm around people who look like me. Yeah. And, um, but also, like, they were always just like, you're different. You're different. Like, you play different. You're, the way you show emotion is different. Like, a very different way of playing than a lot of women's basketball players. And I think that's a lot of because of my upbringing and my brother my dad for sure making sure that if my brother when my brother went out to college and when my brother um went off to boston um to coach my dad just took it up and was like all right he would have to go to work at eight o'clock in the morning so he's like okay we're going to the park at 5 a.m so we would wake up and go to the park at 5 a.m and do some shooting and do some dribbling and do whatever i needed to do to get ready for for the week so um at times, my mom would even get out there and <laughs> try to rebound for me or do what she needed to do. And um, my sister was just always there for support. And whatever I do, my family is my rock. And they have supported me through every step of my journey. And they're the reason why I'm at where I am today, for sure. That's amazing. There's so many things to dissect there. And it's like... Yes, yeah, long, long, no, long-winded, no, no. for that sure. Was, that was awesome, though. But many like pieces that I can relate to, at least... Um, when you were talking about your siblings, right? Um, your your sister's name is Chanel. Yes. And she went to UCLA. Yeah, you did your research. Of course, <laughs> I'm telling you. I, I know my things. You, yeah, you're here, here. Okay. But she didn't play, did she play sports or no? She did. Oh, she did. Okay. She did. So she actually, um, she was a dancer growing up. So that's why um, I was also trying to follow her too. So me and her did I did dance when I was younger. I was we were dancers. We tap, jazz, ballet, hip hop. We did it all. So um, obviously she was way better than me. But um, uh, that was kind of a way that we bonded too, because I was just you know Chanel's going to do this. So it's like all right, Kylin got to go do it too. <laughs> it doesn't matter if she doesn't want to. Um, so um, she was a very good dancer. Um, was actually going to go to something Debbie Debbie Allen Dance Theater. It's a very a big um, prestigious dance group company um, in LA and um, she actually uh, decided that it she probably needed to take some time off and um, for some other reasons me and her you know had to stop I stopped playing basketball and on a team and then she stopped playing um, I mean, she stopped dancing, so my we could focus more on my brother and stuff because he was in high school um, for basketball reasons. So we would just kind of do our own things. And my grandmother is like the woman in our family, okay. uh, my mom's mom. And uh, she was a dancer when she was younger and in college. And she went to Southern University, which is the HBCU. 
um, and started um, majorette dancing um, there. So she was we just be like, we spent a lot of time with her too because my parents were always traveling with my brother. So they'd be like, go to Granny's house. So I was like, all right. <laughs> but all of this, it's it's awesome because it's shaped you into who who you are. You know, I think everyone is in a way. And not in a negative connotation, but every single human is a prisoner of their own circumstances. For sure. And that just shapes you. And it's like everything you're talking about, right? And the reason I was asking about your siblings is because I'm the oldest of three as well. Mm-hmm. I have a younger sister and we are nine years apart, actually, as well. So, so the same thing you yeah. mentioned. But in this case, she is more like your sister in the sense that no sports. She's always tired or she was because <laughs> my brother and I are in college now, but we both play soccer and she was always like every single weekend was just either at my games or his games and she was tired of it. She's a dancer as well. So yeah. little things like that in terms of connections or same as um, same thing with, with my dad, that 5 a.m. thing. For me, I who was it? I was actually t- telling this to Jada. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was telling her how like we were on a ski trip once. It was just me and my dad. And he like we're watching TV and an insanity uh, like workout commercial comes up yeah. and he's like, like, you got to start doing this. I was in sixth grade and like guys were starting to grow and I wasn't, and I was like, oh, I need to start doing something. And he's like, well, you need to start doing extra work and 5am yeah. insanity workouts, shout out Sean TV. Like that's how it started for me. So a lot of those things I can relate to. And it's nice. It's nice to, to see that because like you mentioned, my family is my rock as well. And I think it's awesome that you have that. And it, it completely has shaped you. I've seen, I mean, I've watched more games on TV than in person, but I remember the one game I went to this past season, there was this one play where you just, like, you really fought to to get, like, the layup in and just got <laughs> pushed down. And I, like, posted on my story. I remember I just recorded that. You just fought for the ball in the paint and then just put the layup up got knocked down and just sprinted back on defense. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, like that's the, that's the toughness that I defines you that. and the passion. And it's interesting to see how that's from playing with your brother when you were younger and things like that. For sure. And I appreciate that. I, I would be remiss to say though, my sister did play basketball. Okay. So after she stopped dancing, she got into basketball. Obviously, you know, her older brother, her younger sister were playing basketball, but she was actually really good. She calls herself um, Clay Thompson because she, <laughs> she was just going to sit in the corner and shoot. So she could shoot for sure. So she actually played through high school and um, actually had some offers. Um, and my dad, like, sat her down and just was like, I'm going to be real with you. Like, um, do you really want to do this? Like, if you go to college and you play and you're on scholarship and you're doing this type of stuff, like, do you actually want to work out? Because during the summers when it was hot and yeah. I was out there sweating and doing all this stuff, she was inside watching Grey's Anatomy. And we, like, joke about it. But she was, like, on it. She was like, no, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to have to work hard like that. Like, that's just, it just sounds, I'm pretty much, like, it just sounds horrible. <laughs> and I was like, that's real. Like, for her to make that decision um, so early in life and for my parents even like sit her down and like have that conversation and be like you don't have to do this just because they do it and yeah. stuff that was real and I think like a big defining moment for her and our family honestly because it was like all right so Chanel is finally going to move into who she wants to be not just because you know her older sis- brother and old- younger sister are doing something like so she has to do it because everybody asks like oh Cameron's a star like Kylan is maybe going to be a star like 
you play basketball too, right? It's like, well, I guess I do now. So, um, yeah, I think that was, like, really big for her to be able to, like, start coming into her own. And it took some time, for sure. But, um, you know, she has found her, her niche, and she stayed in it, and she is okay with being different from us, but she's going to be our biggest supporters through it all. Like, she is one of the biggest critics basketball-wise. Like, she knows a lot. People may not understand how much she knows just because of us, but um, she's always going to be your biggest supporter, going to watch every single game, going to watch everything you do, going to give you feedback, but also going to be like, all right, like, you're too hard on yourself. Like, but you need to get it together, too. So <laughs> it's, like, it, it's good to have her for sure for me and my brother because she's kind of like the, the sound one for both of us. Yeah. And even, I mean, I already gave a shout out to my younger sibling, so I'll yeah. give a shout out to the middle one. Same situation happened for him. We, we have like a lot of similarities in terms of we both play soccer and, and things like that. For sure. But I remember he grad, so he's two years younger than me. Okay. And when he graduated high school, he took a gap year just playing in a program overseas. And he just texted me like out of the blue yeah. as, as he was like flying out to, to Spain for his program. And he just goes, um, my whole life, it's been you and me. Yeah. Um, you were Batman and I was Robin. Yeah. But now it's my time to be Batman as well. And that was it. And it's that's like, it, it, and he just said it that way. I and I was it. like, wow, that's awesome. I love it. Um, and I mean, I'm so proud of him and everything he's done. If he's watching, I'm very proud of you. <laughs> yeah. um, but it. but yeah, I think we all have that identity phase at some point in our lives, which I'll sure. ask you about eventually. Oh, sure. But <laughs> moving forward um, in high school. You went to Los Alamitos High School. I did. And that was for two years, was it? I did. I, I joked, though. I said I went there for about um, eight, uh, ten years. But so my brother went there. Got it. He got graduated. Then my sister came in right away after he graduated. She graduated. Then I came in right away. So I, ha I have a lot of, of history at Los Al, but I went there as a high schooler uh, for two years. Yeah. What was that experience like for those two years um, academically and athletically for you? It was an amazing experience. Like I said, it's definitely like shaped me to be who I am. All of the places I think over the last couple months with a lot happening for me, um, I've just had time to reflect over a lot of different things. And when you're in the moment, um, you don't really like understand how it's going to shape you. Or when you're in the moment, you don't really always like aren't um, thankful for those moments um, but I was in this that school district the Los Alamitos school district since elementary school um, so the people I went to high school with are the people that I went to elementary school with yeah. middle school with so um, I had a foundation there and I mean I was always I mean people probably didn't believe me but I was always, I'm gonna be a star like <laughs> I would tell people that or I would like sign their little papers in class and be like <laughs> you need to keep that one day and looking back now I'm like girl what was you doing but <laughs> I mean that was just like my way of I think just trying to pour confidence into myself but um I was always just like I'm gonna figure out how to make it. I'm gonna figure out how to do what I want to do um and I think I had a young age my whole family extended family like with people like when I say my tribe behind me is deep like there's I got a lot of people from the church from my immediate family to family we've just taken in extended family like 
the the my tribe runs deep and wide um so the people people have always been supportive of me that are in my tribe um and i think um los al is one of the the top schools public schools academically um so from there i was already put on the the trajectory for academics that's one of my um parents um core values for sure is academics and my family in general so they put us there for a reason we didn't go to Los Al just to go to Los Al <laughs> like Los Al isn't in our school district either okay. so even though it's the, it's the closest high school to where I live but it's not my district so um my fa- my parents strategically did everything they did um and I understand that now I didn't understand that then and I even thank them now um, for how they decided to move. I don't know how they knew it was gonna work. Um, my dad grew up in Pontiac, Michigan, uh, a very low income area and didn't grow up very wealthy. Um, my mom grew up in Carson, California and as a middle class. Um, so they both had their own backgrounds and knew that they wanted different for their kids um, educationally and socially so that's why that we live where we live and that's why they've done what they've done when we were younger we were like this is crazy like I was the only black kid in class all the time or I was the only black kid in school and I was like this sucks like this this is hard like why do we do this we're the only black kid or only black family in the neighborhood um we've had some things happen some racial stuff happen um but they're just like they knew what they were doing. They did it for a reason. I think it's definitely shaped me to be who I am. So Los Al was an amazing opportunity for me. I had my ups and downs there. But um, as I look back, I'm realizing it was such a great place for me to start out and for me to even grow up in with my brother and sister going there. The atmosphere, the way they handle things um, sports-wise, they were very good as a public school. They started going downhill when I went there. They were way better when my brother and sister were there, but they started going downhill. But um, women's basketball was going uphill when I was there. So I was I was happy about that. Um, and I was just fine, like, getting recruited. I got my first offer in eighth grade. Um, and it, that was fine. I didn't leave Los Al for, for more, like, scholarship reasons and that type of stuff. It was more just opportunities that I felt that I wasn't getting um whereas being coached per se um and being put in those situations to be better for college in a coaching situation so I think that's why I made the move but I still have people who support me from Los Al and who still are following my every move and I'm super thankful there's people who I didn't even know were still supporting me who show up at games at San Diego or when we go to UCLA or USC, I'm like, oh my gosh, I went to high school with them. Like, that's crazy. And one of my best friends is still from middle school and we went to high school together and she's still like my girl. So it's kind of crazy that um, people still remember me, which is crazy because I left in, um, as a sophomore. So that's like, you know, really early in your high school years. But Sorry, it's a long. I'm a long winded. No, no, no. This, I mean, this is why we do the podcast. But I think, like, one of my favorite things that's going on right now. I already told you the majority of people I've had on here 
are people that I I'm meeting for the first time. For sure. So it's like it, it all makes sense. But I've known you. Yeah. For two years now, I haven't talked to you one on one ever, and it's yeah. all like clicking for me right now, like how <laughs> it real? shaped you. Like you were saying, you were the only black girl in class, and it's like now how passionate you are about yeah. racial topics, or or like with uh, BSAC and things like that, which again we'll get into in a bit. For sure. Um, same thing with sports. Same thing academically, and how it all shaped you. I think it. It's, it's all clicking and it's all yeah, awesome. For sure. Um, and then the, the tribe thing you were mentioning as well, like my situation was the same. I went to school with, I mean, people come and go and high school's for bigger, sure, but sure. from elementary, like kindergarten to senior year of high school. Oh, wow. It was like my same group wow. of friends. And I, I've expanded, but like my core no, for five, sure. my core five have remained the same the entire time. And even right now, like this a month ago when I saw my friends, it was them five, and then I added, like, two or three in high school. Yeah. But it, it's always, like, the same people I go to. And, again, I came to Berkeley alone, which is really nice because I get to expand. But even last week, like, I was getting lunch in San Francisco with two friends from, like, yeah elementary days. Um, and it's crazy. Like you were mentioning, I had a... One of my reels just like blew up like two days ago, and I had people reaching out yeah, from no, middle sure. school, and it's like, what? Like, it's crazy. I didn't even know you watched this or, no, or things like I'm that. No, I'm saying like Pac-12 tournament my, my freshman year when I the last eight or nine games I played really well freshman year, and I had people reposting and post. I was like, I didn't even know you still existed. Like, I I forgot. Like, yeah. but um. It's crazy what you were saying about, like, your core group, because I think growing up in the church is very different. You have, like, I grew up at Southside Church of Christ in L.A., um, and my great uncle has been the minister there for probably, I think it's 67, 68, something like that, um, years. Um, And my grandma, they're from Texas, followed them out here. That's kind of how we have our core in California. Um, But... The church has molded me so much to be who I am and have the people in my life that I do have. And um, my parents, my mom grew up at that church, too. My dad, when he moved to California, went to that church, and that's how they actually met. And the people that she grew up there, some of them are still there. And, you know, everybody just has kids, so then your kids grow up there, too. So I have, like... My two cousins were the same age, they're twins, and then there's like Kenny, Kaylin, there's four, four, five, four, five guys that were all within like a one or two year span. Yeah. And like when I say like those guys and my cousins, like they're my rocks, like they're my people. We're, we all grew up together through the ups and downs. Like we've seen each other when like they, they laugh now because all of us are in our glow up stage, but they sometimes pull those pictures back when we were all singing in little church choirs and stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was horrible. We looked bad. But <laughs> um, just knowing that, you know, people come and go, like you said, and I think I've learned a lot in college about people <laughs> in general. Um, it takes a lot for me to actually um, let my guard down and let people in for me. Um, and those guys have been and my cousins have been the people who have like stayed true to who they are they can check me when they're like hey you can like what you doing and I could do the same where it's like yo what is this like 
Um, so like those people in my life and having that core foundation for me that are my age, there's so many people, like I grew up the youngest, so I'm, I'm used to older people always being around, but, um, my guys and my cousins, like we have been through it all together and we continue to, even though we're all in different parts of our lives. Um, it's literally, uh crazy to see like that we're all growing up and we're all staying close and staying true to who we are we may not talk every day but whenever I go back home I'm I'm gonna text in our group chat and be like hey I'm home for two days like and they're like all right bet we're gonna make it happen I gotta work I gotta do this but come around it or like we make it happen all the time so um it's really interesting to see how like that core tribe that you talked about like Whenever it happens, like one of my boys, he's in Vegas now. He just graduated from UNLV. And now that I'm going to Colorado State, UNLV is in my conference. Uh, they were all like, oh, yeah, we about to make a world trip to Vegas. Like, we're all going. And I was like, all right, like, <laughs> sounds great. So um, it's so interesting just how, like, those people kind of shape you into who you are and, and keep you in check. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and again, a lot of things there that I feel connected to. And the first thing is my first friend in like my entire life we were born born a month apart and our dads are best friends like from childhood um and we didn't really like we were it was like a forced friendship before <laughs> high school and then we went to the same high school and it started clicking and we're not very similar but to me he's he's like a brother to me for sure and i was just talking about it with him the other day like we don't text people when we're not home but as soon as we're home it's like we never left and it's the same thing with my closest other like two three three guys sure. and and that's it um in terms of like how i'm relating to this you mentioned your tribe and how important it is to you do you try to keep your circle small though like in the people you trust and open up to because for example i think i think i'm an extrovert by like nature and i will talk to anyone and i could be friends with anyone but to me friends and family, it's like, you know, there's like a very, very, very big wall in between. Um, and to get there, it's like, I mean, my actual blood family and then the rest I can count <laughs> on my hand, you know. Are, no, you, the, are sure. you the same way or, or how are you with that? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that I, I feel like I count people per se, you know, like. I think we, me and my siblings, as we continue to grow up, we continue to realize like how our upbringing has shaped us. Like my my parents, we always would like be like, dang, we like, like my dad especially, he don't have a lot of, he doesn't have a lot of friends like that. Like he's like about his business, he's gonna get his work done, and he's all about his family. Um, but he, a lot of people know him, but it's not a lot of people he would call his friends. Um, and my mom, the same way, my grandma, my grandfather, uh, my grandparents in Michigan, they would always come every Christmas. Like, that was our time to see them. Every, and they would probably, my grandmother at the time, she has uh, passed since then, but she would stay a month and my grandfather would stay like two, three weeks. So um, we always grew up with this foundation of just like family core yeah, um, and keeping the family close. Um, so... I think for me, it's just hard to let people in. Yeah. Um, it's not like I, if I meet somebody and we vibe and we're cool, like I'm cool. Like you're not going to see anything different. I don't yeah, think yeah. like I think I'm just going to be me. 
Um, but I also think that there are people who I know I can always count on. And for me, I think, which I'm, I'm working on right now, um, a lot of people always count on me. That doesn't mean I count on you, per se. That, that is, yeah, that yeah. line just clicks with me so, so much. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of people that may think they're close to me or like may, they know that they can always count on me and they and, and they do but there's not a lot of people that I per se would count on or like open myself up to where it's like okay I need I need you to do this I need this like I'm going through this um and my circle I would say is like small within that sense but also like when I think of people like who I can count on like also just because of the church like going back to church like that core at Southside and just with LA churches in general, like we're all over, like it doesn't matter if you go to, people probably won't know what I'm talking about, but the people in the church that watch this, cause everybody gonna watch this probably after, no, but if you go to Crenshaw or if you go to Figueroa or anything, like we all are gonna support each other no matter what. There's people from all over different churches in LA and I found a church out here now, like that support me no matter what, but, um, it's just hard for me to let people in if that makes sense. But once you're in, like you're, you're in, in like yeah. I I take family, I take actual friends. I would say like you said it's like friends and family for you. It's like I have acquaintances, I have friends, I have family. Um and you know, acquaintances are cool and I think I definitely need them. They're cool to hang out with, they're cool. Um I have some like close friends for sure. And then I have my family, who's the core of everything. So, you know, friends definitely turn into family, but um, I, don't, I don't know. Nobody's going to ever be on the same level as your core family, for sure. Oh, though. obviously. Like, to me, I mean, my <laughs> actual blood family is, that's why I said blood family and then, like, family, you know? Because that, that's what for I consider sure. them, and the rest are friends. And there's no, it's it's not even a diss or, like you said, accounting. I'm not like, oh, it's only five, and that's it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying to a lot of people... I think we're both friends too, by definition. We can sit down, we can talk, we can help each other out. If they need anything from us, we will be there for them. If they need a no, shoulder, for sure, for we sure. will be there for, for them. Sure. But it's not necessarily the other way around is what I was getting to. And it seems like totally you're the agree. exact same way. Yeah, I think, you know, and my teammates tell me this all the time, but they're like, you're just, you're just interesting. <laughs> just like, <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, They're just like, no, like, you will do any like you will run through a wall for anybody and it you don't have to be family for me to you know or friend a friend for me to you know i am going if i have it i'm gonna try to give it to you um and that's just how i grew up that's my parents were the same way my like so if i can do something for you if i can help you if i if you just need to talk like i'm there no matter what um but they're like just yeah like they're, they're just like they're just so many layers to you and i was like okay (laughs) right that's like right so I was like I'll take it but I think at first I was just like huh but I think I'm starting to embrace it where it's like there's a there's a lot of different levels to me I have a very fun side I have a more quiet side I've realized I thought before college that I was more of a like extreme extrovert um I think I have my extrovert ways but I also like need my time to myself and are introverted at times too and I've realized how much like me time and alone time and self-love time I actually like and enjoy and need um my teammates make fun of me too because like I'll be in the dark 
in my room. And it's not like, you know, but I just, you know, watching TV. I love TV, movies. Like, I love it. And doing my homework or doing, like, I'll be in the dark doing stuff. And they'll just walk in and be like, you okay? I'm like, I'm, I'm great, actually. <laughs> I'm okay. Or sometimes I'm like, I just need some time. And I think they're just, like, a lot of them have just realized it's like, all right, she just needs her time or like, oh, they're going to come in and I'll be like, oh, no, you could you could chill, too. Like, it's just going to be in the dark. Like, if you want to turn on the light, you can. We could watch some TV. We could do whatever. But um, I just I didn't know. I was like, I'm braced. Like, yes, I can be super loud and I have a loud voice. It's very hard for me to whisper. Yeah, like or I could just be in a corner somewhere and just be chilling. And there's nothing wrong. It's just, you know, the vibes of everything. So um, I think my teammates just embrace me for who I am and I appreciate that and they're like yeah you're just interesting I've never met somebody like you you're just so unique and I was like thank you I guess. Yeah. no I mean again one of this is one of my favorite things about the podcast it's just meeting people and like connecting in that way I mean I think there's a few of my roommates in the kitchen right now but if if, <laughs> it's totally if, fine. if, they, no, if they're listening to this they'd be laughing because my whole team literally makes fun of me for how much time I spend in this room because people don't understand like the whole process of like editing and posting it's no, very sure. lonely like you're doing a lot the, the majority of editing like people don't understand 99% is the research it's the editing it's this conversation with one person and the 1% is just posting so I'm in my room working and the majority of the time you or, or like you said and cut and you know make sure it's all good and all of that type of stuff levels of sound and everything and it's the it's not only the editing it's then schoolwork it's if I want to watch Netflix if I want to read a book if I want to call my right. family like I'm in this room the majority of the time and like you said at Cal personally I've found myself to be an introvert at times I'm usually the loudest guy the one that's always like socializing but at Cal it's like I've definitely found my quiet side and my stillness mm-hmm. and being alone and contemplation and things like that. But like you said, I definitely appreciate, especially my roommates. I mean, I've had a good amount of roommates um, in this house now, but they all understand like right, even right now, they're being very nice about keeping it down while we're recording or little things yeah, like that. Like sure. they can adjust to me the same way I adjust to them. And it's, it's just so interesting how we connect in that sense, because if they listen to this they'd be like laughing it's like yeah that's exactly who who I am no for sure because I think it's like you know I think for me it's also realizing like the world can have a lot to it like people in general there's a lot to them I think sometimes in our generation too we're trying to chase something we're trying to chase popularity we're trying to chase social like people we're trying to chase just like friends like um, where I think I am okay. And, you know, everybody has their ups and downs. Like, everybody wants to be liked, for sure. I, I That's what I, I think, at least. Like, everybody wants to be liked to a certain extent. Um, and I think I'm at the point where being okay with, um, like, just being me. Like, yeah. um, I don't have to, you know, do everything that everybody else does. Um, and I think... My parents tried to instill that in us for sure growing up. It's like you are uniquely and wonderfully made. So you don't always got to do everything that everybody else does. You ain't got to, um, you know, walk the way other people walk. Like walk your journey, walk your life, and walk the way that you want to be, like, do. Um, Just make sure you let your light shine and, you know, be nice, be genuine, 
and be authentic and that's where I'm trying to be like I'm gonna be real I'm gonna try to be authentic and you know everybody struggles with their ups and downs especially like I struggle with my ups and downs which are like trying to figure out who I am and who do I actually want to be and who do I want to surround myself around because for me it's also big about who I surround myself around so I'm not I personally don't have to surround myself around everybody just because everybody wants to like is around that person like it's like okay like what are the vibes of, of the, like vibes I think lately have been big for me it's like okay what are the vibes of this situation we're about to walk into because I don't need my energy to be drained yeah. my energy gets drained by just everyday things all the time so who are people that are gonna like some maybe drain my energy but also pour into my energy so I can be uplifted like um and I think that's been super big for me the last couple of months. Like, who's going to drain my energy and who's going to pour into my energy? Yeah. It's like, okay, I don't really need the draining right now. Like, I don't need that. Like, we don't. I don't have to go. You guys go have fun, though. But I, I don't need to be around that. But um, I think Cal, you know, I've had my ups and downs, but I found some great people who pour into my energy just as much as I pour into theirs. Um, and... Um, I think that's been big for me, especially these last couple months in like positioning myself with people who are uplifting me when I'm going through a lot of different things and a lot of different emotions that I don't really understand. Like I need some people around me who are going to uplift me since my family's not physically here to do it for me or my tribe that I grew up with are not, they're not here. So, um, who are those new people in my tribe that I'm going to, you know, pour into just as much as they're going to pour into me? Yeah, no, that, that that all makes perfect sense. And as you're starting to, to mention, Cal, will transition into <laughs> your transfer in high school, right? Yeah. And you've mentioned the church quite a few times now, and Matter yeah. Day is a private Catholic school. Catholic school yeah. yeah. Um, context, I went to Catholic schools um, from kindergarten to senior year of high school. So wow. I understand okay. that process as well. I know Matter Day in LA because there's another one in, in like very South San Diego. That's actually where my sister goes. Yeah, um, I went to Matter Day in Santa Ana. There we go. So it's in Orange County, yeah. Sorry, not LA. No, it's Orange good. Orange County. I, I know everything so in that area. Yeah. It's, we're, we're all close. Yeah. Like when people ask where I'm, where I'm from, it's like, okay, are you from SoCal? And they're like, no, it's like, I'm from LA. Yeah. And if people are like, no, it's like, okay, I'm from Orange County. Yeah. <laughs> But that school is known to be, at least in SoCal, Oof. a powerhouse in terms of sports and academics and the everything. The world, yeah. I think we have the most professional athletes at a high school. There's a lot. There's definitely a lot. And yeah. it's a transition from public schools to private schools. Um, what role did your religious beliefs play in going to that school? Was it, you mentioned opportunities before, so how much changed? And just for context, at Los Al, before you transferred, you were already all CIF in 2017. <laughs> so how was that? Was it a step up in your career to go to that type of powerhouse school in a way? So, yeah, thank you for my um, accolades at Los Al. I, I have forgotten. But um, Los, that, that transition for me was like a big part of my life. Um, I went from public school and being in public school my whole life to a private school, very different. Very, very different. I had no idea that <laughs> it was going to be such a different um, transition. Um, I think uh, I was looking at a lot of different high schools um, 
when I was making the transition, it also, it's honestly came from, um, me just being honest one day to my family. And I was just like, I don't know if I'm happy here, Locelle. Like, there's, there's just a lot going on, like, socially and everything. It was great academically. It was just more the, the basketball side. And um, my teammates that I had at the time were were great. Like, some girls that came in, too, and we were going to be very, very good. We had a lot of fun. Um, it was, one of, like, the most success that Locelle women's basketball had ever had. And sometimes, you know, as you look back and you're like, dang, like, if I would have stayed there, like, what could we have done? Um, Like, yeah, so I think um, at that time, it's all kind of like, it was all so much going on. It's all a little blurry. But at that time, I had got invited to USA um, basketball to play for the team. Yeah. That summer, I believe, was it's kind of like it wasn't summer. It's like towards the end of um, the year, um, and I think at that time I'm very grateful for the opportunities that I've had. So at that time, I was grateful um, and thankful to have a lot of mail coming in <laughs> because a lot of schools were sending mail every day and. I was getting stacks of mail every day, and my mom would just put them on the table. So when I got home from school, she's like, I already looked through them, but you can open them. It's like, (laughs) all right. (laughs) So um, there was just, like, this one particular day where she was like, I have something special. It was, like, holding it, and I was like, what is this? And, like, it was, like, a USA envelope, and I was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, I was like, whoa. So I got invited, and... Um, to Colorado and everything and was having an amazing time um, was around great people great women's players still greats today where it's like dang like we were in high school playing together now uh, people winning national championships and stuff like that and you know SBs and all this stuff that's like dang we, we were what 15 or 16 yeah. playing together so it's kind of cool that we all kind of can still stay in contact and have each other to lean on. But I actually, the I made all the cuts, kept making the cuts. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I may actually have opportunity. Like, and USA is like no joke. It's Obviously, like, yeah, Team USA is. It's like you, you play all day. And it's like super big. They're like. Everybody who talks to you about it is like they're looking at your character, they're looking at your personality, they're looking at how you go hard every day, they're looking at how you interact with everybody. It's like, oh my gosh, it's kind of crazy. Like, okay, I don't want to make any wrong moves, I don't want to make any mistakes, but like, I felt like I was like, I'm also just, I like, I feel like I'm a genuine, compassionate, great personality person. So I was like, okay, I don't think I have to, you know, do anything different in that sense, but it's just a lot. So, um, yeah, they uh each day the morning of they post outside of the door all these numbers and it's like your jersey number. And it's like if your jersey number not there then you got cut and you go home. Like yeah. you can't even walk into the thing. So every every morning everybody's kind of just like trying to like stand outside the door waiting for everybody to put it, the the things up and then like my number kept being in there and I was like, "Ooh. All right. Okay, another day. Like let's get it." Um, 
and it turns out like the last day before the last cuts um I was playing defense and I stepped over a screen and my foot I landed straight in on my foot and I was just like oh shoot like it was so bad it hurt so bad and I was like all right all right oh my gosh um so I like tried to like play it off but like I was like limping and then I tried to finish the game and then I finished the game I went to the trainers he looked at it he showed he was like okay it was like the last game of the day too so I was like all right I could just rest now so game he's like I need you to take this ice I need you to take this like I We'll see how it is in the morning. If it if you can't go in the morning, then we're gonna have to tell him. So in the morning, I went back to him. I was like, it, I was, it was so bad, but he was like, "Are you okay?" I was like, I, "No, I'm fine." <laughs> I was like, "I'm fine." I was not fine, but I was like, "I'm fine." So he just like taped it up super hard, and he was all right. Like if I see you limping at all today, I'm gonna call you out. I was like, all right. So. I was like, no, you're not going to limp. Like, you're going to figure it out. You're going to keep going. Like, this is your opportunity. Um, and, like, like uh, during the games, I was doing okay. Like, I was still able to – somebody, like, clipped me again. And I started limping again. And I, like – I was like, oh, gosh. Um, and one of the evaluators of USA was, like, came up to me, was like, are you hurt? And I was like, oh. It's like, yeah. And she was like, okay. And um, I made it another day. And then um, right before you make the team, they they were like, you're really injured. Like, we can't take you anymore. So that was, like, really, like, heartbreaking for me because I was like, dang, like, if I didn't get hurt, like, I really probably could have made the team possibly. Um but I went home and it actually turned out to be like something really bad and I had to have surgery and through all of this I was just thinking about like low sound and kind of where I was and um for the my brother actually noticed it first and was like I think she needs to go to therapy because she there's a like she doesn't seem right um and talked to my parents about it and my parents like are you sure and they're he's like there's something off and my parents were kind of feeling it my sister was kind of feeling it um which is like I was just more like I feel like drained every day from just low it was just it was a great situation but it was just very draining because you know they didn't have the excellence of women's basketball yet um they didn't really have like a tradition of that all the time and we were just I was just really trying to be like okay like Los Al can be something um we didn't always have the greatest coaching during practices of just like being there and being present with us it was kind of like go out there and do your own thing and I was like this is not how t- teams work and this is not how kind of like you you go to the next level um but at as a 15 16 year old like it was a too much for me to handle. It's like I can't be running practice every day, doing these AP classes and doing this and doing that and trying to make sure everybody's okay and trying to call plays during the game where it's like I was just like this is <laughs> this is a lot. Um, too much, yeah, yeah. It was a lot. Um, I think it was like I said, I it was just being drained every day. Um, and then when I went through my surgery and all that, and um, I that was my first time of actually being like really hurt 
per se. Um, I had like little things throughout, but I had never been like out for nine months and and stuff like that. It's like that was new to me. Um, so I started actually going to therapy and. At the time, I was like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with me because I felt like there was still a bad connotation of going to therapy and um, seeing a therapist. And I was like, yeah, I feel like a sh- like this is weird. Like I had to go in there and sit there and talk about my problems. And I'm also just like, you know, I've been fortunate to grow up and have a pretty good life. Like I have both my parents in my life. We live in a good neighborhood. Yes, there's things that, you know, ups and downs and financial barriers and stuff. But, like, my parents always figure it out. So I was just like, why am I sitting here in therapy? Like, there's something wrong with me. Um, But as I, like, actually leaned into it and um, just kind of, like, let myself open up. And uh, it was, like, an amazing experience, actually, for me. and during that time, I was also trying to figure out, like, my parents were like, okay, I think it's time for, to take her out of LaSalle and what's next. So um, I was looking at Long Beach Poly. I was looking at Windward, um, Palisades, which if you, Windward is deep in L.A. and Palisades is almost Malibu. So those are those are drives. <laughs> those, those are drives. So that's where I was like, my parents... Going into high school, a lot of people wanted me to go to other high schools, and, like, I was begging them to let me go to a different high school. I didn't want to go to LaSalle. I was like, I want to go to, like, where my friends are going, where we're going to play, where we're going to hoop and stuff. And they were like, you can make your own way. Like, people were telling me, oh, you're not going to get recruited if you go to these types of schools. Like, they don't, they're not known like that. They were like, you'll figure out a way. So they believed in me, and I did. Like, like I said, recruiting was fine. I didn't have a problem with that. They they found me where I was, like like they said they would, but um, they just kind of was just like, all right, what's going to be the best situation? And Windward ended up being way too far, Palisades, way too far. Um, Long Beach Poly was just hard to get into because um, there was just some new rules that had come about. And then Coach Kiernan at Modern Day was like, let's go like we're ready (laughs) they had been trying to get me when I was in middle school and stuff and yeah it's a great academic school as well and my mom actually uh, works in Irvine so that's very close to modern day and by that time I was actually starting to drive too so they were like you're gonna be driving yourself (laughs) um it was also a drive because you know SoCal has a lot of traffic so I was in the car for about hour to hour and a half sometimes every day that's the private school commute I completely understand yeah yeah so I was there like that um but um modern day embraced me it was actually a challenge religiously because I'm not catholic I was gonna say yeah um and I had never really been around catholicism um, and I didn't really know if they were going to, like, try to force me to do, um, you know, Catholicism ways or, like, if I – I still very respectful of, you know, everybody in their own choice and their religion and everything. Um, but they actually didn't force me. They had, you know, rules that you had to follow. And there was a lot of rules. I was just like, this is too much. Like, 
guys couldn't have facial hair or you couldn't change you couldn't change your hair and all types of stuff and I was just like you know as my culture like I'm gonna change my hair a lot like I'm gonna I'm gonna have braids one day I'm gonna have my hair out one day I'm gonna have straight hair one day I'm gonna weave like I was like that doesn't work I don't think you can truly like you know try to define who I am as my hair but um I think at once me and the deans and stuff had that understanding. They were fine. They had some stuff to say about my hair sometimes. It's like, okay, well, I just spent six hours getting individuals done, so I'm not taking it out the next day. So, um, but it was um, it was an experience, and it was actually kind of cool because I was able to understand a different religion that from mine, what I grew up going to, um, and it was interesting to see both of them how they're different how they're similar um different beliefs and everything and it was actually very interesting for me to to go through that um I got to experience mass and stuff um which was very different and uniforms and all that type of stuff and um but my I had two religion teachers because I was there for two years and they worked with me I just you know told them straight up that I wasn't Catholic but um, I still respected everything and they were very respectful about everything and I still had to learn it and I still had to do the work but I didn't have to you know do all the things that other people were doing um, so it was just a, the, a very interesting pathway but going into that situation I'm actually very glad that my family could see where I was at and um, know that I needed help and were able and okay to say it's okay to get help and we're going to get you the help you need. So going into modern day, I was in a way better mind space and able to come back from my inner in- injury um, than I think I would have been if if I didn't go to therapy. Yeah, no, that that's all very, very powerful. And I can relate to that in terms of transitions. I've had two, I guess, from middle school to high school and then from high school to college, just like changing teams and changing schools and keeping my same core family tribe friends whatever we want to call it and but then changing overall friends in general and who I was around and I can fully relate to that and even the the religious aspect right I think it's something that I can relate to now because I grew up practicing Catholicism up until like last year even because I was here like going to mass here and Mm -hmm. things like that and then I kind of stopped practicing it a bit but I think the best thing about that has been opening my perspective to different beliefs, you know, and it's similar to what you're saying. Like, I think there's beauty in realizing that regardless of the religion, it's all like there's a culture behind everyone in a way, Mm -hmm. but the intentions are the same. The, the, the positive beliefs are very similar and there's a lot of connections there. So that's interesting. I, like I said, I went to Catholic schools and I had a lot of friends that, had like I had a few like very few but um some Jewish friends many agnostic friends some even atheists and they were all in the Catholic school and it's so interesting to get to talk with them in religion class and I know one friend that's an atheist um he was just like well to me religion class is just like history class and I'm like wow that's super interesting (laughs) way to to look at things or like a social issues class from a very different perspective and I was like ah that's that's very interesting so I'm glad you got that experience and definitely yeah. the, the rules with the the hair and the <laughs> uniform and all that. Obviously, it's a mess. But like I said, we're all a prisoner of our circumstances. Like right. it was a huge change for me to come to 
Berkeley, like from <laughs> from a school with 700 people in yeah. high school to 40,000 in Berkeley, where it's all different. Like a few things stick with me. Like, I mean, I'm very glad about the facial hair mm-hmm. now, even though I just shaved. Mm-hmm. But the the hair I always keep short. The uniform I don't have it anymore, but I stuck with it so much that I always wear like black or white shirts now because it just. Yeah, it makes it, it easy it for me. I threw them uniforms away so quick when I graduated. I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> but you had that for two years. I had it for 13. That's what I'm saying. I had it yeah. for 13. So that's why I just have to be in the same things now. No, for sure. We're all a prisoner of our circumstances, you know? For sure. And it's interesting, like, saying, like, because um, Los Al is a really, really big school. Like, very big public school to modern day being a very, very small school. Like... When you look at the facilities for um, athletics, like state of the, it's like a college. Oh it, yes, it's, I know. It's amazing, um, and I was able to to have that. We like weightlifting was like a class for us. Like we lifted. Like that was my first time starting to lift, and um, they got me right for sure. Like very quickly for college where you know when I got here, our strength conditioning coach was like, "Oh, you're good. Like go with the, you know, the veterans." Like you seem to know what you're doing. I was like, yeah, that's, they literally told me when I got there, they're like, we, we, we want you to, when you go to college, you'll be with the veterans. But, um, it's like interesting. Cause I think my, my starting of being okay with like just being who I am and not always having to fit in to have friends or people, um, kind of started probably maybe at modern day because not start, I think it started at LaSalle, but, um, Definitely a modern day because I came in as a junior, so kind of everybody has their people already. Like, you have your group. You yeah. have your friends. Like, nobody's really trying to, like, meet new people and bring people in and stuff like that. So it was kind of interesting, especially since I was in a new um, area where I didn't know private school, you know, ways and how, you know, it works and all that type of stuff. And um, I was super close to my team. Like, we were really close and cool. Um, and I hung out a lot with them and I'm still cool with them, but it was like outside of that or outside of athletics, um, the football team, the men's basketball team I was cool with, um, it was kind of hard for me to kind of find my group and find my people, um, to where it was like, all right, like maybe I just don't really need to find my people like that. I think people come and go and stuff and I'm only here for two years, like, I had cool people that I met in classes and stuff, but I wouldn't say I got really close to people outside of athletics there because it's just hard for me to figure out how to maneuver um, to where it's like, okay, like, I'm going to do what I have to do, going to do what I need to do and, you know, get up out of here, but embrace it and see it for what it was. And I think that was really big. And when I went there my first time, they have like this wall of fame okay like and everybody's like if you make it your name gets plastered there and it's like right outside the it's like modern day is very nice but it's like right outside the locker rooms and like you walk down it's just like this memory lane of like all the heisman winners and like people that are on the hall of fame and retired jerseys and all the heisman trophies and stuff it's like you just walk down this so every day you walk down this hall of fame kind of like hallway and it's like you you have no you like you want to be great so when i first got there and i saw that i was like my name is going here i know only have two years but like i need my name to be up there yeah and that was kind of like a big thing that like 
pushed me was like I also want banners like modern day has especially women's basketball there's WNBA players overseas like they have they place people in positions to go to the league and um most of them come back too so it's like it's crazy because most of them come back or either coach or like just work out in the facilities because once you're there you're like they say monarchs for life and it's real like I even when I go back home like if I don't have anywhere to work out like I just go to modern day and coach Karen and is he's gonna be there at 5 to 7 a.m every day no matter what he's gonna be there because he's gonna work out so um, he's just like, all right, come on whenever you want to, whenever you need to, or, oh, we're having practice, like, come play with the girls or whatever, like, it's just an open invitation, but um, I was just, you're just, the level of excellence that you, they they have is crazy, and it's, they pour into you, and you just know, and, like, every day you just, like, you're working towards something, because that's what everybody has, like, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your name is. Like, your name probably is up there on that wall or some people, but they come back and they're just, like, modern-day students. It's like, yeah. but um, it was big. I was thankful. that One of my biggest things is, like, getting my name on that wall. I actually did, which I'm super proud of, and I'm really happy about that I made it up there on the wall. Didn't get a banner. <sighs> Didn't get a banner, but the year after, they got two banners. So I was like, all right, I feel like I helped pour into that because the people that were under me were the ones that were there when I was a senior. I helped pour into them. I feel like I tried to help show them how to do it, and then they actually did it. We almost did it my my senior year, but um, it was crazy to just be a part of that, and I think that's one of like the biggest biggest things of my life was uh, making that transition from Los Alto modern day. Well, from the previous story with Team USA and the, your trials that you had, which I believe was with the U16s and U17s, right? Yeah. You, that sounded like a very low moment. Like, it was peaking, and then it's a low moment, and now it's it sounds like it's a bounce back to a high where things just start coming together with matter, uh, modern day, and there's a lot of things that go into that. One of the phrases I use the most on this podcast is study the greats to one day become one. And to me, it's like there's greatness all around us and let's study it. But I think in cultures of excellence, which I love to study and look at, there is that sense of I want to be there as well. For mm-hmm. example, like one of my favorite programs at Cal by far is the swim team. And oh, they have the, sure. they have the exact same thing. Excellence. They, they have oh excellence. Both sides are incredible. Yeah. But um, uh, they have their top tens. Again, plaques right there. And then the pool record. And it's Mm -hmm. right there. They have all these things. and You're seeing this every day. Yeah, and they they walk through that every single day. Um, The people that have been here have told me I've never been there myself. (laughs) But they look at it and it's like, well, yeah, obviously you want to be there. Obviously you want to have your name up there with the greats. Because, I mean, especially them, like you mentioned, you mentioned uh, Heisman Trophy winners. These guys are looking at Olympians and it's like, yeah, I want a medal as well. I want a time up there with them as well. And it's, it's those little things that just inspire so much and build out greatness and I think that the most incredible thing is that from an outside point of view, you look at them and it's like, wow, incredible, so special. But once you're in that list, like you were saying, you're all equal. Like you just go back and you're just a regular student and it's that culture of excellence. And it's one of those things where people have to find their own thing of surrounding themselves with the greats because greatness inspires greatness, you know? And once you're at that level and surrounded by people like that, it just propels you to for sure. do so much more than you thought you were even capable of. For sure. I think one of the biggest things at Modern Day 2 was realizing, because 
of course, like I grew up, you know, in SoCal in Orange County for sure too. It's like modern day goes a long way. Like yeah. everybody knows who modern day is across the country, but absolutely in California. Like it's kind of interesting. I don't always tell where I go, but once people ask, like, okay, you know, that's especially when you meet other athletes. Like, oh, okay, like, what year are you? Okay, okay, where do you go to high school? It's like modern day, and everybody the the whole t- uh, conversation switches. It's yeah. like, oh. Oh shoot! Yeah, because it's no nationwide. It's like, especially football wise, it's like, oh, okay. Like Devin asked you who just transferred here. I went. To, we went to Modern Day together. Like people didn't realize that we were like cool and like we knew each other. He was on his visit and he saw me and he was like, oh my gosh! And then like the coach was like, how do you know her? I was like, we went to Modern Day together. But it's like it's crazy because um, I learned that they're great on the outside and everything but they got problems too obviously they have problems too and i think that was something interesting for me to come into and realizing um i'm very thankful for all the people that i met along the way and especially the coaching staff and i appreciate um how they still appreciate the time and the effort that i put into the program even though i was only there for two years and i was hurt for still hurt for half of the first year. I came back during, like, CIF. So yeah. it was like um, my first year wasn't even really – I wasn't really even there. I was um, uh, just being a cheer supporter and trying to, you know, I learned a lot about leadership from afar in that sense too and just growing and becoming who I was, you know, trying to be. But um, there's problems. Nothing's great. They – have a lot of problems just as much as anybody else any other team they maneuver through them they figure it out um they're they adjust in everything but um we had to you know rebuild um the culture and um that taught me a lot too and just like greatness on the outside seems like everything is amazing and there's nothing wrong and that you know everybody's just striving for excellence every single day but during that you know modern day I had my you know lower moment but when I went to modern day it was still a little rocky it was still a little rocky I'm still trying to figure out who I am still trying to figure out myself like especially coming in hurt like that's a whole different situation like Yes, I was starting to, you know, make a name for myself and stuff high school wise at Los Sal, but then it's like you get hurt and your name just falls off. Like it's like, who are you yeah. going to be? Like, can she come back? Like, especially I had foot surgery, so it's like, okay, well, what's it gonna look like? And for me, it took a it was hard on my confidence. It was really, really tough on me to figure out how to keep moving forward and keep going. And sometimes like you don't even want to like I think sometimes people don't even talk about that where it's like yeah I just knew I was gonna work hard like surgery is hard and coming back from injury is hard and I've had to do it a couple times now um but it takes time it takes a lot of will it takes a lot of your tribe supporting you but it also is lonely like it's you versus you every single day and everybody can be there and supporting you and it's very helpful and and thankful for that but the only way to actually do it is you doing it and when everybody that you know 
used to be for you and used to be with you and wanting to like, oh, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. Like, oh, let me do this for you. The silence gets real, real silent real quickly. And it's like, all right. I just, I was just like on this high. And now I'm like going down or like, but like, I still believe in myself, even though I have my times of like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. Like my foot, I had to learn how to walk again. Like, I was just like, this is just so much like, is this really for me? But I think that's where my faith came in and being a part of my church core and, and having people praying for me. And I call, they have, I have some prayer warriors for me who I'm like, I know you can get a prayer up there, hopefully. (laughs) So, um, it's, it's not easy, but it ended up being a great thing. And I ended up figuring it out. I ended up getting out of it. My teammates supported me. I had a coach who supported me and believed in me no matter what. He was like, I need you to just keep being you. He went through all the ups and downs of me playing. Like, I didn't come back round top. That's that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I did not come back on top. I needed some time. I needed some some be like, I needed some time to just, like, make mistakes. And he'd be like, all right, we're still giving you the ball. Like, it don't matter. Like, we're still going to give it to you. Like, I still believe, like, I've seen it in you. Like, it's still, like, you are you have glimpses. Like, just stick with it. And my spring break, actually, my family sent me to my brother in Boston. And I was just like, oh, this is a great spring break. <laughs> and tell me it was, like, Gill, Massachusetts, which is in the middle of nowhere. Nowhere. He had to drive to Boston to to pick me up, and we, like, dr- drove 45 minutes to his actual place, like, middle of nowhere. But, um, and it was, like, right before, like, a big evaluation period for basketball in, um, called Boo Williams. And he was like, we're going to get you ready for Boo Williams, and you're going to go out there and kill. And he was like, I know this. there's a lot. My confidence was really low. It was hard. Like, he was just like, we're going to take it back to the basics, like it's gonna be like me and you out there in in the backyard. Like we like I was in middle school again, like figuring it out. And I went there for a week and just worked out every day. Excuse me, sometimes two times a day. Played pickup with the guys that he coached there. It's it's a prep school, Northfield Mount Hermon. Most of them are in the NBA right now or in college or playing overseas and he was like, Yeah, you're just gonna play pickup with them and like gain their respect and I was like all right I I know how to do this and it was just like okay like this is fun again like I'm finding myself yes I'm making mistakes but it's like I'm playing like I'm having fun I'm finding myself I'm falling in love with the work again and I think that's the biggest thing when you like get injured is falling in love with the work again and when I found myself doing that I was like okay I'm about to go to Boo Williams and kill and I went to Blue Williams and did not kill my first games. Like, still didn't kill. And I was just like, yo, like, I had so much confidence. And I was like, I'm working so hard. Like, my first couple games, I was just like, sometimes I didn't even play that much. Where I was like, dang, you, like, told me I was going to play. Like, you told me, like, I had all these schools coming to see me because they thought I was going to play like that. They were like, no, we're still trying to ease you in. And I was like, that mind game of everything coming back from it it's just so hard to figure out and to get through and um as games went on that's then I started hooping and I was like all right like okay 
I'm finding my groove, like I'm hooping, like I'm doing this. And I was like, okay, more. Then you see more schools coming, and then it's all packed, and it's like, all right, we're playing on the like the fifth court in this pack. Like you know, you're doing something, but staying up in, in during those times is very hard and challenging to do. And um, I think that's where it come came to to seeing uh, modern day. It was like they're excellent, but they take their waves and they take their thing and people don't hear about all that stuff but like they still get there and for me it was like I had to take I had to take the punches and I had to take the low very very low points of being like dang do I even still want to do this and like and like am I still going to be who I am like and at that point I'm in high school so I'm like chasing greatness or like I'm hearing all this chitter chatter I'm like okay like I don't want it to let it get to me, but it also, like, it feels good when people are, you know, saying it. So I was just, like, trying. It was hard to figure out at such a young age, too, like, how to, like, be who you were but still not get big-headed and, like, chase what people are saying and actually just fall in love with the game. And I think during that moment, I fell in love with the game again instead of falling in love with the accolades that I was getting. Exactly, yeah, and... There's a few pieces of that as well that I, I like to dissect. Like we started off by saying um, that there's excellence, but that there's bad things as well. And I think it makes sense for everyone, right? Like the program we just mentioned is the swim program and it's amazing. I'm mm-hmm. not going to get into details, but obviously <laughs> there's things that you come out that no, it's like, sure. oh, for yeah, sure. that's, that's not as great. Yeah. And I think that goes for every team at Cal and every team at any school, prestigious school. You look at it and it's like, I really want to be there. Obviously, it, it has then its highs and lows. There. Then you get there and then, then you like, know. Oh, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And I think ignorance is bliss because we all want to celebrate the accolades, like you were saying, but we don't understand what goes on behind it until you get there. And it's the same thing. I think uh, my the high school I went to isn't as big as, as a name as yours, but For sure. it's it turns 100 years old this year. That's and it's it, it, it definitely is known in, in sports. Again, sure. I think. I think modern day is like the Catholic IMG. Yeah, but so that's that's different level. Yeah, but in but terms of just okay. high school, um, I went to Saint Augustine High School, and there's like I've ups heard and downs. Yeah, yeah. So I, it's a good school, really good school. I love it, but there's things that I look back on now, and it's like, hey, yeah, that that wasn't too great. But I think the whole idea there is not to idolize anything or anyone, because like I was mentioning, study the greats, culture of excellence, perfect. But what I've learned to do with those sort of things is take the best pieces out of everyone. So instead of saying, like, this person is the one I'm going to idolize, no, I'll take that piece and I'll combine it with the piece of the person over here and the thing over here and this team and this culture. Because if you just idolize one person, eventually they're going to screw up. There's so (laughs) many good things. It's human, yeah. But it's human, exactly. So I I screw up too. Like, that's a part of it for sure. Yeah, And, and, and and it's that part. And the thing you were saying towards the end, I can relate to right now because I had my injury um, last year and then last mm-hmm. summer, like a year ago, I was like starting to walk again. I remember that, um, yeah. Yeah, so I, it was my meniscus and it was like, since it was spring season, because we, we only had spring season and then we had to fall back to back. So I missed both of them pretty right. much. Um, and then coming back now and then our coach retired and then we had a new coach. It's just so and, much, yeah. And it's like trying to find myself again and it's starting to click and I, I was just in the mentality of I just really want to have fun that's it mm-hmm. just fall in love with the game again and I'm in that process right now and hearing it it's like it even moved me right now like damn I, I really want to go now no, again for sure um, because I'm in that point of 
stillness and contemplation and thinking all these things and do I really want to do this or not and now it's like hearing you talk about this it's like damn I want to really get after it and I want to dive deeper into that because I know there's a second part to that <laughs> at Cal that I can relate to so a bit much. more I know there's you, so you much. got me down like you had every I, my you know when people like you know meet me now or just if you like I've had a lot of steps in my life and, and there's been a lot of ups and downs, a lot of different pathways. And there's, I didn't just come here and just be like, Oh, I'm here. Like there was a lot of things that happened. So I can appreciate you understanding and touching on some of those things. Cause like I said, like I forgot some of the steps that you even, you even uh, have talked about or brought up. I'm like, Oh dang. But I will say, you know, I got to shout out modern day versus everybody. And I and I talk to the a lot of football players now here when they, you know, they go to Bosco or something. And I'm like, nah, yeah, modern day versus everybody. Through the ups and downs, you know, they have helped me and shaped me a lot into who I am. And I'm very appreciative of my two years there and even the people that are still there. And I still go back now and Coach Kieran and everybody like modern day versus everybody for sure i definitely see them still posting on their stories about you and supporting you in for that sure. sense and very supportive I, I think there's there's definitely a lot of good things and um yeah we'll dive deep into the other side but for now <laughs> closing in on the high school chapter yeah. you said no banner but i think you guys won the league in 2018 yeah so i mean you, i mean we won league so i think modern day has won league for the past like 15 or, or yeah. over years like yeah. if like that is something though. Like at modern, you are winning league. Yeah, and we league don't, is, and yeah. we don't lose in league either. It's like that. That was big. Like we do not lose. Like we go undefeated in league too. Like, um, so it was kind of interesting. Um, a girl that uh, came to modern uh, Los Al with me actually. Uh, she's a year younger than me. Um, she transferred to Rosary, which is a, a school. Yeah, a school rivalry in our in our league um my senior year and uh we still talk now like a lot of love for her like she went over there and she did her thing she ended up leaving low sound another girl ended up leaving low sound too that we kind of all tried to come in and bring it up and help it out but um it was like it was fun because it was like oh okay we ain't on the same team anymore like it was it was a fight it was a dog fight um but those are some of my like greatest memories, like going back and forth with her. Um, we still won league and stuff, but I had to, and we talk about it now. It's like I had to make sure, yeah. like, no. But um, it's kind of cool, like all the different people in like relationships I've met and had from basketball. Like, people are like, how do you even know this person that lives in like Virginia? It's like, oh. We've play together or like we played against each other or like you know women's basketball or just basketball in general um it's very small like we travel all the time all summer like we go different places we go to usa like people don't realize that i went to usa twice and like i played with people or i roomed with certain people it's like we have these relationships and stuff but um yeah we we won for sure for sure well i mean i in in anything really like for example, USA or collegiate women's basketball, like once once you're at the top of anything you do, the circle is always going to be small. Like, sure. of course, if you're that one percent, well, you're going to know the people around it, especially in a sport like basketball, where there's five on the court and then <laughs> I don't know, 10, 12 on a team. Like for yeah. us, we have 
nearly 30 on the team, so it's a right. bit different. No, we're close for but, sure. But yeah, that's the it's difference. It's like me and Jada grew up playing together. Like exactly. me and Jada played for the same travel ball. Like we've known each other for years and stuff. And Michelle, that's on the team, like we grew up playing. She played for the rivalry um, travel ball team that I grew like first played for. Like all of us are connected somehow, yeah. like some way. Like we all pretty much know each other. Like me and Lay have played together since eighth grade. Like she lived with me during the summer. There it's you like. Go. It's way it's way bigger than me and her coming to college together. Like we have known each other since eighth grade and been playing together since eighth grade. So it's gonna be uh, real interesting not to play with her for a while. So, um, but yeah, it's it's all connected and it's all fun and games for sure. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And closing your um, high school chapter now, I saw a quote from Dan Olson on ESPN Hoop Girls that just described you as athletic off guard with a scorer's mentality in the backcourt, handles and pressures the defense as well as attacks in the up-tempo game, rises on jumps with range to the arc, and by then you were a four-star recruit after that whole <laughs> mess and up of ups and downs in high school, and you were yeah. ranked as the 15th best guard um, when you did commit to Cal in 2018, and um, I mean, you've described a lot of things going on during <laughs> high school, but why did you end up choosing Cal when you did commit to Cal? Definitely, I think that Cal just had an opportunity for me. And, like, the family atmosphere was really big for me when choosing a college. Um, I also didn't want to go anywhere where I couldn't get the best education that I could for free. Like, and I, at that point, kind of knew that I wanted to go into business and so I was like, okay, I made sure like the la the the people that I was talking to, as I got older, also, I would say I'm very thankful for the opportunity. But as I said, like I was getting recruited since like seventh eighth grade, like it was it was a long process, and I really did not enjoy the recruiting process because it was just a lot. Um, I was, but I'm grateful for the opportunity because a lot of people don't have that and it doesn't start like that for them and I didn't have to worry about scholarships or where I was going to go it was kind of me choosing and picking where I wanted to go so um grateful and thankful to God for that opportunity um but by the by the end I was just like mm, okay like it was when I came here the team was really close um I knew some players already that were here um I think they had a plan for me, uh, for for what I, uh, for what we wanted to do. Uh, Lindsey was the head coach at the time. I was really close to Lindsey. We would call and just talk to each other about basketball or just life in general, and I just really connected with her. Um, and like the Pac-12 was super dope, and like Haas Business School, like, come on now. Yeah. Um. So and it was still like, I wasn't really big. I wasn't like, oh, I need to leave. Like. Like, I was just like, okay, I want to go where the best opportunity is for me. And at the time, um, yeah, it was Cal was, was great. And I th it was a hard decision, and I had to figure out because – and I was like, okay, like, I had a, a lot of people praying for me, and I was praying about it. And when I came to Cal and after my visits and stuff, um, I was just like, they stuck with me through everything. Because they started recruiting me when I was in 8th grade. And they've seen all the ups and downs. They've seen me play some bad basketball. They've seen me oh, some great basketball. They've seen me in the highs, the lows, the in-betweens. Um, and they stayed true to who they were. 
and they continue to um, have a great relationship with me. And a lot of other schools did too, and I'm appreciative of that. But I was just like, oh, I think there's something about Cal, like that that I can go here and do something big and be around people like like-minded. I think where I knew that I was going to be able to grow as a person, and I think it was like big to be uniquely you here um, and give student athletes the opportunity to be who they want to be and who they think they are and give them the space to try to figure out who they are and that's in that time and actually before then my sister wanted to come to Berkeley she went to JC route went to JC for two years and that was also a huge thing because people don't realize the the path that my sister has had to go through to be who she is and she is the strongest out of all three of us we think because she had to make some decisions and go through some things that many people don't get out of and um with some people we grew up with and like our demographics like going to jc or going to a junior college you kind of get stuck you get stuck there for years it's very hard to get out of it um a lot of the people that i grew up with that i'm still really close with ended up dropping out um so it was really big for me during that time to go somewhere where I knew I can thrive and knew I could get the best education because my parents had gone through a lot to get me here and um and the people around me I felt were relying on me to do what they couldn't do not everybody has the opportunity to go to college for free and a lot of people I grew up with didn't have the money they didn't have some of them didn't have two-parent households most of them didn't have the money um, and I had everything that I could do yeah. like for free. So for me, it was just like, I can go here and do a, some big things. I think that's great that you understood your pers- that perspective from a very young age. And it, it's the same thing as like, I mean, it's a very privileged perspective. And again, I can fully relate to that. And I think the thing about privilege sometimes it has a very negative connotation right Mm -hmm. but i think that the worst thing a privileged person can do is not use it to their advantage if Mm -hmm. that makes sense if you already have the privilege make the best of it with what you can and that's what you're talking about right because you have to understand that not everybody has this so with what you have you have to go for it one of the examples i use to describe that is training for a marathon let's just Mm -hmm. call it that way some people have random shoes others can afford the shoes others can afford the shoes and have a treadmill if you have those opportunities you have to use them to your advantage you have like if you have access to those things and you don't use them that's worse like that's the negative connotation to being privileged but once you have access to that treadmill to those shoes to Mm -hmm. those clothes you better use them to the best of your ability and that's exactly what you're talking about right like once you do have access to free education to being able to play basketball um, at top programs, like you have to make the best of it. And it's it's awesome that you had that perspective from a young age because I don't think people realize that until they're older. So that's, that's awesome that you could put that into yeah. perspective. And it's awesome that you had your sister's experience to look at and compare and contrast to, to put things into perspective. Because again, it would be even worse if you had had that and didn't realize it until later. You know no, what I mean? For sure. And my brother as well too, because most people don't understand that uh, Ivy Leagues don't get full scholarships. Exactly. Um, so my brother played Ivy League. He played Division One basketball and 
but he was still in debt. Like, it wasn't a full ride. Um, it wasn't anything like that. He had full ride opportunities, and he had a lot of them, but he thought Penn was the best for him, and that education, you can never, it's an Ivy League. Like, yeah, yeah. like, you can never take back, so that's the decision he made, and at the time, we didn't, like, my brother's the first, so you live and you learn. Like, my parents didn't really know the basketball realm at that point. Like, they were learning and growing with him. So now my parents have all the game about how to network and maneuver a basketball, you know, ways of life. My brother has all the game, especially as a coach now. So, like, I have a different perspective than a lot of different people because I have all this free game that everybody's giving me. Um, And I'm in these positions and talking. I have – you know, people that my brother knows that he allows me to talk to, or I go a lot of places with my brother when he comes back, like, we go, I go recruit with him, or, like, we go watch some players, me and my sister, but, like, we, I'm in a very different, I've seen a lot of different things um, that not everybody is able to see, so my, the way they handled me was a lot different. As we look back, we're like, oh, okay, we could have done some different things, like, you know, we could we could have actually posted like all my you know uh, scholarships because you know that's big everybody wants to post this post that but I was like during that time I was like no nah, I'm gonna be silent and move and it's like oh maybe I could have been like a McDonald's All American or whatever if if I would have actually done that because you know it's kind of basketball is kind of like you know a lot of clout too yeah. so you know that works but also I I as I look at it, I'm like hey. You live and you learn, but I would I had a great opportunities growing up, and I I was able to do a lot of things that a lot of people weren't able to do, and my decision and my my success isn't just like me. It's like it's my boys that I was talking about that I grew up with. It's my cousins, it's my aunts, it's my uncles, it's my sisters, my family friends, the church, like. My I learned I realized at a very young age that it wasn't just me that was getting the success. Like when I was getting this stuff, everybody else was very happy and and um everybody else was pouring into me and um a lot of people, especially like where my church is located in, in uh Los Angeles on Manchester, it's uh it's very, very different from where I grew up. And um not a lot of people go to college. Not a lot of people have the opportunities to. Not a lot of people can can move up and have the resources to move up in the way that my parents pushed us to have the resources and really challenge themselves and put themselves in bad situations so me and my brother and sister could have the resources and opportunities that we have. Um, and... I want to be able to try and help other people realize what they can do and realize or how to do it. Like, I think a lot of people, we just don't have the the, the knowledge of how to do all this stuff or that we can do all this stuff. So that was big for me because I, and I tell one of my, my, one of my best friends and he's in my, my guy friend group that I talked about. We all grew up together. Like, I think he's one of the reasons why I got into Haas. Like, he's one of the huge reasons I think I got into Haas because it was a big pivot in my life. One of the situations we had where I was like a sophomore and he's like two two years older than me. He was a senior. 
or is he a year? Something like that. He's a junior or senior. And he asked me to, um, like, read his essay. And I was like, okay, for sure, like, just send it over, like, share it with me. And he went to a school in the inner city in Los Angeles and a public school. And he was like, yeah, I just need you to read this for me. Like, you probably, like, in these AP classes, like, you know what you're doing. Like, I was like, all right. And it was just like, reading it, I was just like, wow, like, our schooling is so different. Like, me growing up in Orange County and getting public school um, education is very different from growing up in Los Angeles and getting a Los Angeles public school inner city education. And there's a lot of different reasons of that, and we don't have to go into all that, but I was just like, this, he's about to graduate and there's like some some grammatical errors there's like something and I'm like saying this and I he should be good because I wrote about it in my essay and I asked him if we were good but like um and I told like we talked about it I like called him right away I was like yo like and it's not a bad thing like he didn't didn't know any better it's not like it's just like I was like okay I'm gonna correct all this stuff and I'm gonna send it back to you but um you maybe you should send me your essays for the rest of the year like um but like it was just like crazy to me that he was so much older than me and about to like go off into the real world and some of the grammatical errors are like just the phrases and stuff like that were wrong I was just like it's crazy um from that point on I was just like realizing how much my education and how much the opportunities that I have to go to the schools that I had were big because most of the times when growing up, I was like, I want to be with them. I want to go to their schools. Like, I want to, like, why aren't we living in LA? Why aren't we living in Carson with Gray? Like, why aren't we around black people? Like, why aren't we doing this? Like, um, but my parents strategically put us where we were for a reason. And, And there's multiple things in there. First is it's the success right i think that the older i get and the success i have tasted it's realizing that even if it is individual success and not team success at times that's still a team success with your tribe behind you like to not realize that is is horrible not doing and it alone. yeah you're not doing it alone because when we do something right or we get recognized or acknowledged or honored for something it goes back to those 5 a.m.s with our parents. It goes back to our sibling support. It goes back to going to those practices and staying up late with the support and with the schoolwork and the parents being strategical about education, like all these little things that just play a huge role and it's not being successful alone. But then there's another side to that. It's realizing again, the privilege of not everybody had this, Mm -hmm. let me do something with this. And I think that's the whole point of this project, right? It's denting, it's to, leave your dent in the universe and inspire others to do the same. And once you realize you have the ability to do that, you have to inspire others to do that exact same thing. Not, not like the literal action, right. but just to do it in their own way. And that's for sure. That's, that's big. Yeah. And Doing that's it in your own way. And that's honestly like why I invited you and we'll get into that pretty soon, but it's what you're saying. Like that inspired, like that realization inspired you to get into Haas and get into all these different things because well, you realize like, damn, I've, I've had this privilege and I want to correct it or fix it in some way. And I really want to start jumping into that, but I don't want to skip over your freshman year as well. So I'll run <laughs> through your freshman we gotta, year. We got to get going. My bad. Yeah. No, oh, you're these good. are long answers that I'm giving. So. No, like, 
it's it's not even mm-hmm. about that. It's just I want to. No, I don't want to belittle yeah. your freshman year, but <laughs> I want to. But I want to stick to like this side of the talk because no, for it's sure. what interests me the most as well. Yeah, we're, so, we're maneuver us and move us where we need to go. <laughs> Perfect. So speaking of Ivy League basketball, you made your debut against Harvard in <laughs> yeah. 2019, and then and your first start against Utah is when where you posted your career <laughs> high 26 points and five assists, and then what you mentioned in in Vegas your freshman year. Yeah. Um, you had that one game where you didn't score in the first half, but then you dropped 20 in the second. And yeah. the post-game interview, uh, they were saying that you didn't even look like a freshman out there. So <laughs> that's obviously a transition with basketball because it's For a sure. different level. But it seemed to be like Kai was starting <laughs> to feel herself in the basketball sense again. So what was that experience like? Obviously, right before the pandemic, but that taste of college basketball, what, would it, what was it like? Yeah, it was... It was an amazing high, but such a low point in my life. Um, it was so hard. Um, I People don't know, but I actually, um, uh, two weeks before I reported for summer, um, my foot flared up the same when I had surgery on. Um, like, bad to where I didn't really know what was happening. Um, I didn't know if... Surgery, like, was, and this is, what, two years later, three years later? Um, Yeah, three years later, like, I was, like, just, yeah, it just went out again. And I, it was hard to walk. I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I was just, you know, working out, getting ready for um, the summer and trying to be the best player I could to go in and, like, prove myself. And even before that, though, you know, we can't skip over. Lindsay left. Um, a bunch of players left. Um, so I was like, what am I going to do? <laughs> so this is all, like, happening at the same time. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, what's next? Like, who's going to be the coach? And all these calls are being made and all these people. And um, I actually never signed. My, my brother gave me this game, but I never signed my letter of intent. You don't technically have to sign the letter of intent. You just have to sign your scholarship, um, uh, what you would call it, like the, pretty much the money. Um, so I, they, uh, I didn't have any tie to Cal because if you don't sign your letter of intent, they can't. If like something happens like this before you get there, they can't say, "Oh, you have to stay," like because they have no control over me. So I was like, my brother was like, "Yeah, just in case, like you never know what's gonna happen." And then this happened, and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, you know. <laughs> like, I could go and do whatever I needed to do or reopen my recruitment again. Um, so I was just like, okay, like, God has a plan. Like, he's he's led me my whole life. Um, so I was like, okay, let me just sit back and kind of just figure out, like, what's going to happen? Like, I'm not going to say I'm going to stay, but I'm not going to say I'm leaving right away. Like, I just need to know what's happening. Um, uh, then, you know, weeks later, whatever, Charmin gets the job and I'm like, oh, okay. Like Charmin was this, like Charmin's been here the whole time with me, like recruiting me the whole time. Um, she was on my home visit. Like she came to my house. Like I had a great relationship with her. So I was like, all right. Like we talked and, you know, she was I was like, okay, like, I still feel confident and comfortable, like, you know, some people that I left, like, talking to them and just being like, 
okay, who are we bringing in? And um, I was like, okay, uh, I feel like God is still leading me here. Like, I don't want to reopen my recruitment. Also, probably it was me kind of probably being lazy, too. Where I was like, I hated this thing where I don't want to have to go through it again. So I was like, all right, like, I think this is for me. So my family was like, are you sure? Like, we can do some things. They were like, I was like, no, nah, like, I'm going to go with it. Like, I think Charmin has a plan. I think she wants to have a plan. And at that time, she said she was keeping all the coaches with it. So I was like, okay, everything's the same. The only thing that's changed is Lindsay gone and Charmin has just moved up and stuff like that. So um, and then, like, two weeks later when I was supposed to report, or, like, week before I was supposed to report whatever, um, can't walk. Like, my foot just goes out again um and I was just like oh my gosh what's happening I went to my doctor he was put me in a cast so literally I report to Cal in a cast um and I was just like this is not a great way to start off everything especially with all this uncertainty and everything happening like I can't so I was in a cast um for weeks I think it was like six to eight weeks or something like that just doing upper body doing all that type of stuff form shooting but I couldn't actually do summer um so that was really really rough on me especially like coming off this high of like having a really pretty good like ending of my high school career and um working probably one of the hardest I've worked leading up with my brother and other people like getting me ready for high school I mean college and I was like feeling like I was playing the best basketball and I was like and then that happened I was like okay like get knocked back down again like how much more do you gonna hit like I was like come on guy like (laughs) (laughs) where where are you taking me with this and but like I said I just have some people around me that they don't let you get down like they understand that you know it's a part of life to get down and I was down but they're also they I got people to be like even when I'm down they're like God has a plan you're gonna make it you always have it's gonna be okay keep going keep working just keep pouring positivity into me even when I am negative like they're just gonna keep pouring it into me and uh yeah so I go through summer then I'm, like, making my way. Like, I think my first practice my freshman year, I think, like, full practice, like, full contact and stuff was, like, the start of the official practices, which starts three-hour practices. Yeah. And that's, like... Like, October-ish? Well, that's... Yeah, I think it's, like, sept- in sept- mid-end September okay. or so. Yeah, yeah. And then we start games in, like, October. So I was, it was, like, probably, like, a month or so where I could actually, like practice full go and I was like I was at that time just you know trying to and also freshman year is just hard like for everybody like trying to figure everything out trying to make friends like trying to like your body just aching like hurting because you've never been through this type of stuff before um so it was hard for me to figure out myself and get confidence back in my foot again that it wouldn't like go out on me because I had like no idea why it did that but then all of a sudden it was just okay so I was like I don't know if I overworked it like I don't know if there's something wrong like um 
it was just like, okay, we're gonna put you in the cast type of thing. We're gonna hopefully like it like they're like it's okay. So then I had to like start that process again of believing in it that it's gonna be okay. That, that's crazy that it all works out that way because from an outsider point of view and like I said I've known you but we've never really sat down to talk so from an outsider point of view it's like wow Kaya has it figured out everything's working (laughs) out great for her and it's like constantly up and down even the interview I watched which was February it seemed like you had everything together at Pac-12 it's like wow like this girl is on fire freshman year and it's like learning all this is ridiculous and I I mean I I saw a few of the, well, the next episode, in, little interview you had with Cal, and then uh, one of the articles you wrote about controlling the controllables, like, during the pandemic, right? But up until then, it's like, oh, Kai has everything figured out, and it's crazy how it's up and down and up and down and up and down. Yeah, I think I've been, I've, I have been told that a lot. Like I said, I'm still working on myself, like everybody else. I'm still trying to figure out who I am and who I want to be, and let some of my like I talked about like so let some of my guards down sometimes like I think I don't always have to act like I have everything together and I don't think I try to portray that but it's also just kind of like how it comes off where it's like you like I like my father my mother like they get it done like it don't matter what they got to do like at one time my dad had like four jobs it, it didn't matter like he he's gonna get it done like he's gonna provide for our family and he's gonna work it out and we're going to have and we're going to still have what we need. We're going to still even get some of the things we want. And even though we probably can't afford it, but we're going to figure it out. And my mom is going to do the same thing. And she's going to make sure that the house is together. She's going to make sure her children are get together. And she's going to make sure that everything works out. So, like, they get knocked down. Like, my parents get knocked down all the time. And I grew up seeing them get knocked down. But, like, they always get up. Same with my grandparents. Like, they get knocked down. Like, and they get back up. Yeah. And nobody's going to know that they maybe they are even getting knocked down. But, like, they figure it out. So, like, that's kind of just how I'm wired and seen. And that's how I see stuff. It's like, I have, like, freshman year, like, I was deaf. Like, I was knocked down. Like, I was low. But you're not going to, unless you really, really know me. Because it's hard. Like, it's, I, I guess I'm good at, like, just keeping it in like you're you're never gonna know that i may be having a bad day unless i want you to like i allow you to see that so um i I, like i said like i played with lay like we're really close so like she knew i was going through it like even though i may not have even said anything or nobody else knew she was like i know you we also room together so like i had like somebody who was making sure that i was okay even if nobody realized i wasn't um but it was just like you got to get up and nobody cares like nobody nobody knows that I'm going through all this or that I went through this and everybody else is going through their own stuff like it doesn't matter because the only thing that does matter at least in you know basketball per se is like the result yeah and I was frustrated with myself because I was like I know I'm working hard I know I have it in me I know I can but I couldn't produce it or I wasn't producing it in the way that the coaches wanted me to or needed me to. And it was really hard for me to navigate and figure out what that was. Because I was used to being the person, like being the girl, which mostly everybody is. Like when you come into it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like you are the person. So it's like, how do I figure out how to still be the person and still have that confidence in myself, but do it in the way 
that the team needs me to do it or the way that the coaches are seeing me to do it right now. Like, there's only there's only five spots to play in, and we probably were only playing, like, eight people, yeah. eight, nine people. It's like, and we had good people on the team, and we had older people on the team, and then we had people who did summer who already solidified their spot because they actually did summer, and I didn't. So it's like, you got to... Like, those accolades and stuff from high school don't really matter no more. Like, it's what are you producing every day? What can you show every day to get make it happen? And that was really hard for me to be like, at first, I'm not going to, I felt sorry for myself. I was like, I'm, I was supposed to do this. They told me I was going to do this. I was going to do that. And I had, you know, like, good relationships with coaches, too. And I was like, you know, they were talking to me. They're like, you're doing really good. You're doing good. Like, you're doing good. It's like, okay, well then what am I not doing? Like, like if I'm doing good, so it was really hard for me to kind of figure that out. Like, everybody. And I yep. think every freshman kind of goes through through this in their own way. Like, everybody's freshman year is going to look different. Or even as you continue, like, that, this stuff, like, you know, it doesn't leave. Like, no. So, um, I think, you know, one of the – my brother – was at Stanford at this time, too, so we kind of came into the Bay together, so that was cool. I had somebody that I could... He coached at Stanford, right? Yes, he he was on the support staff, so okay. he was the director of player development at Stanford. Um, we both came into the Bay at the same time, which, you know, God works. Like, he knew I needed somebody that's not uber close, but, like, close enough where I can get to him and stuff. Um, and we had some support staff my freshman year, Shout out to Shannon Golar, Shannon Lum, like Megan and Kayla, like they were our rocks. Like most people don't realize how much support staff actually do for you. Like the coaches are there and they got to do what they got to do. Um, but they're also recruiting and doing all this type of stuff and they need some help too. And those support staff, like I'm still super close to all of them and still talk to them, even though they've all gone on and done their things. Like, excuse me, they are the reason I think why I got through my freshman year yeah. for sure like a huge reason why I got through it and my brother had that conversation with me after a game where I was kind of just forcing stuff like I finally got it I like I got in and I was like okay like I gotta make it happen and he was just like you need to just relax like you need to forget it stop feeling sorry for you like it was just real like stop feeling sorry for yourself yeah. like stop stop it like do what the team needs you to do i am huge on team personally like i'm gonna high five i'm gonna yell i embarrass people a lot like i don't realize i'm doing it but then when i look back at film i'm like ooh, i looked crazy but i don't really care like it is like i get hyped and stuff yeah. so that's me i can fully relate to right, that the passion like, inside and everything yeah so. it's like it just comes out so it's like um he was just like, you are supposed to be the best. Like, you are. That's 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 a part of your values. Like, you're a great teammate. You're one of the loudest on the court because I have a loud voice. And it will all come together. But you got to, like, stop feeling so. And you got to work. Like, how much? How many shots are you getting up after practice? When are you going into practice? Like, what are you actually doing to make it happen? Because when you get your opportunity – it's going to happen. Like yes. you got like when you get that one you you sometimes in college basketball or college sports you get one opportunity. And what are you going to do with it? Like that's in life though. Like it, it's one of the biggest lessons I've learned because a lot of people say you need luck to be successful. And I mean, I don't really believe in luck, but what I do understand now 
thinks again to some of these podcasts yeah. is that success equals preparation plus opportunity. An example is uh, Hugo Gonzalez. He is a two-time Olympian now and one of the best swimmers uh, in Spanish history and at Cal as well. Um, and last summer for the Tokyo Olympics, like he he had good times at Europeans and at Tokyo. Mm -hmm. But he went to a meet in Barcelona in between. And that time would have, because this is him versus the lane. Like this is him against time. That time would have placed him in the top finalists at the Olympics. Wow. But he didn't do that there in those opportunities. And it's like he's capable of it. But it's when you reach for that opportunity that you have to for make sure. the best of it. So you have to stay prepared. Like, like you said, yeah. That's what and he was like. And it was like it was like this this like come to Jesus moment that we call like he was like he was like in my face and my mom was like over here and my sister like my like my whole family came up for the game and like and one of my teammates was like right here like she's kind of like my sister now she's from the Netherlands and her family can't do anything so she literally like comes home with me yeah. like even now that I'm leaving she's still going she's like yeah I'm still going home for Christmas like her home is my home That's awesome. but in a, but she was like we were all just there she, and he was just like. My dad was, like, behind him. He was, like, yeah, like, he's, like, I don't know. He's, like, who cares even if you sh may feel like everybody feels like they should be playing, too. Like, Obviously, come on. Like, especially all of freshman us. year, though. Yeah. Everybody feels like they should be playing. Uh, he was, like, everybody's in the same boat as you. Like, not like some people didn't even play today. You played. Yeah. And it's being thankful for those little things. For sure. As you said later on, like embrace the little things. And I went through the same thing my freshman year and leading into the pandemic as well. Like I went to um, like to see a psychologist as a kid before, but then especially during this time, right? And it's a whole identity crisis, at least for me. I registered my freshman year and then the pandemic hit and all these things came up. And to me, the way I like to call it is the obstacle is the way, which is a title of a book. It's from an entry in the book Meditations mm. by Marcus Aurelius, like okay. many, many, many years ago. But there's this line, like there's this one of these entries in the book because the book is just his journal that came out centuries later. And it says, the impediment to action advances action. Whatever stands in the way becomes the way, meaning mm. the obstacle is the way. And I think that that's what kept pushing me in the sense, like as soon as I learned that, it changed my life. And that book, I read it... Um, not this summer, the past summer, mm -hmm. went like right before surgery. I was like, I have to read it. And surgery was like the best experience of my life because I went in with that mentality. Mm. But if I would have understood that before, it would have changed me. And I think in a way, the obstacle has been the way for you because yes, you did face injuries and you went through all of that, but pandemic hits, horrible. <laughs> you were injured sophomore year and no action again, horrible. The events with George Floyd, to name one, horrible. But what you did with that, I think is amazing. And it's like, mm -hmm. honestly, the main reason why I, I've really been wanting to invite you here because you could have just sat there and not taken any action, but literally the obstacle was the way in the sense of pandemic. You talked about controlling the controllables. Um, your injury, you focused on Haas. And I remember when Cal Women's Basketball posted that video of you getting in and all your teammates cheering for you <laughs> as soon as you got in and you talking about, well, I want to get into this school to help others that haven't had the same opportunities as I have. Um, you were already a leader on BSEC, which is 
the Black Student Athlete uh, Committee, but you created the Racial Justice Council as a result of everything that was going on in 2020, which is how we met, actually. Right. Um, and, and you you had said it, right? It, you, you literally said in an interview with Daily Cal, you said you were just feeling helpless. And you started it with uh, Sierra. Shout out Sierra. Sierra um, Richie. Yes, sir. Slick Rick. <laughs> and, and, and you could have, like, like I said, many people just stood to the side during those times, but you paved the way past the obstacle. And I think that's the most amazing thing. And you mentioned it before. I, I had mentioned I want to dive deeper into this. Mm-hmm. You mentioned um, it's you versus you. You need your support team to get through all of that, going back to the basics and how important that is, the doubts that people can have, why you're even doing things or using your faith as motivation. Like, take me through what that process was like because I, I feel like a lot of what people perceive from the outside mm-hmm. was defined in that year for you. And I, I know it's a lot to dive into it individually, but your whole mentality coming out, I feel like it just must be different. Definitely. It's, it's, um, I'll say, so I think a lot led up to that for sure. Um, that last Pac-12 game, uh, before, like, we actually, like, got stopped and stuff um, in the Pac-12 conference, like, the game you talked about right before where I had 20 points in the second half. The next game um, against Arizona, I was playing really well, too. Um, but my foot started hurting again. Like, I felt it, like, halftime and stuff, and I, like, you know, did what I needed to do, but, like, kept going, and I, like, we talked to my trainer, and during my freshman year, too, I just had these horrible shin splints. Like, if you look back at pictures of me my freshman year, like, I have, like, cast, like, Superwoman, like, all the way up to, like, yeah. my my uh, knees that I'm play- I played with every time. Like, cast. It was horrible. Um, but my foot starts going out again. I was like, oh, my gosh. After the game, like, I could barely walk. Um, it was horrible. Came back here saw a doctor they put me in a cat a boot and then I was like oh my gosh okay here we go again but I was like no I should be maybe it's just a lot like I was playing a lot of minutes and it kind of happened abruptly where I was like playing a little bit playing a lot um like that's a lot on your body um and then like we go home we think for spring break and then we're there like everything shuts down and I was like, and during that time, actually, my foot, like, goes completely out. I can't walk at all. Um, like, people are carrying me up and down our stairs at home and stuff. And I couldn't see a doctor because everything shut down. Couldn't go, like, couldn't do anything. So my mom is actually a nurse. So she was, like, just trying to do some things that she could do. Um, and I was like that for about a week or so. And then all of a sudden, like, it was still hurting, but I could start walking. So I was like, okay, like, what's going on? A couple months later, or like a month later, or whatever, when starts, stuff starts, things start opening up more. My doctor opens up again, go to him, and <laughs> pretty much he tells me um, that I need to have this surgery um, that has never happened on a. Uh, a athlete okay of my age um so or an athlete really in general 
like there's no research and he um shout out to dr kwong he's got me through a lot he did kobe surgery he's done sloan stevens he did Derek fisher um he's done most of the lakers um throughout the years um and thankfully he's done me um twice now or three times so he uh he was like so we can either try to do this or you can try to keep playing but i think it's gonna just keep flaring up um so when he told me that i was just like oh my gosh like he was like i don't know if you'll ever play again so i was just like (laughs) and at this point like it was still in-depth covid so i had to go into like the doctor's office by myself like my mom was in the car couldn't nobody couldn't come with you so he was like we we need to call your mom because you know he's he knows the family now like he knows how it works like he's he's been with me since my sophomore year of high school like through all the ups and downs like we end up just you know it's like all right i gotta call dr kwong so he calls my mom tells her and then I pretty much leave and I'm just like sitting in the car and she's kind of like just like distraught too. And it's just like, what do I do? And then I call Charmin and tell her. And she's like silent <laughs> on the phone too. And I just like, I just need some time to like figure out. And, and now I'm in the midst of this, like COVID is happening. Like we're in a pandemic with all this, like who knows what the world has to offer. Um, and I get this news that I may never play again or may never be able to play at the height that I can again. Um, it's like, all right, so next steps. Uh, I just, I don't even know. Like, I was just like. Yeah, it's crazy times <laughs> for sure. And like a question I would have, because I think it's it's crazy everything that you managed to do. But again, to me, my phrase is the obstacle is the way some other people can say everything happens for a reason for sure um there's different ways to say it right but i think especially for me like when the pandemic happened it was an opportunity for me to find my family again and i mean you talked about it how much closer you were with your family for sure it was the first time we were all together again in for years so and, and it's like it's that and then it's learning to put things into perspective and working on other projects like if it weren't for the pandemic I would have never gotten into content. If it weren't for my surgery, I wouldn't have dived deeper into this project that I'm still working on right now and growing those things. Do you think that in a way, and it's going to sound bad at first, but I Mm -hmm. think there's a good outcome outside of it. All these bad things happen from the injury to spending time locked away in a a Mm -hmm. sense to then coming back that summer online and with everything going on but producing the racial justice council and everything you've done with your voice is there is there a happy ending to that negative or is is there a happy ending to that nightmare is what i'm trying to say absolutely i think you know god makes everything happen for a reason um and i think it gave me a lot of clarity um i don't think i would say if it wasn't for the pandemic i wouldn't have it if it wasn't for my surgery i don't think i would have done the length of i did to try to um i guess use my voice um because i had the surgery i ended up having the surgery and um 
I had to stay home instead of coming and reporting because I still had a season. Yeah. Um, Charmin, thankfully, just understood where I was at. And I, my doctor was in SoCal. My therapists were in SoCal. And, um, you know, once you have something major like that, like you want to stay with the people who did it and who know it and stuff like that. And I had, I had a really, I have a really great group of medical people, um, here. I mean, in SoCal. So she was comfortable with me staying back and being with my family and making sure that, um, you know, I still had the support that I needed. And, um, I think when, when, the George Floyd situation happened. I had already had surgery and um, it. my brother was home, my sister was home, my grandma came to live with us, um, my parents, and, excuse me, to just, we have very in-depth conversations as a family. Like, we go at each other, like, and we just very intellectual people too, so it's just like, you're going to hear a lot of debates. So um, when that happened, to just see my brother like cry for not the first time, but like the first time about something like that, like um, somebody that, you know, we don't even know and stuff. And um, I mean, I have always been scared of, the schools I go to and when I see police I'm like oh shoot like most people don't get like that but I'm like oh no like you gotta act a certain way and I think um just thinking about a lot of situations that we've been in as a family or where we live and stuff and just all the things that we go through as being African Americans in this country is really really hard and to know that my brother or my father at any day, that could have been them. Like, any day. My my friends, my my friend actually had, like, just gotten pulled over, like, a couple days before and harassed. And it was just, like, a lot going on to where, and it's not only males. Like, I could fear for my mom and my sister and myself. Um... And it was just like very heavy moment and just like I said, helpless moment. Um and I think a big thing was um knowing that I was in this position where I couldn't do anything that I usually do. Basketball is usually my outlet, it's my piece. I couldn't do that. Um, at this point I couldn't even walk. So like I was literally, and I had a lot of complications with the surgery too. So I was literally like, I could only sit in the chair. I wanted to go to the bathroom. Somebody had to carry me. Like, I couldn't do anything for myself. And then to see this, it's like, they can't do anything for themselves either. And it's also just like, to hear people just be so like, not knowing or feel like they don't know I totally understand it but also seeing like people watch the video and be like oh it's still untrue it's just like it was just hard to hear all these different opinions where it's like this isn't new this is the life we've always lived um 
And I've been taught very different ways of how I even grow up in the neighborhood that I grew up because my parents are scared and don't want to put us in positions to to be a George Floyd or Sandra Bland or stuff like that. Like, so I don't know. It was just a time where I was like, what can I do? And I think um, my freshman year, we had a couple of us kneeled. Um, Some people raised their fists. Some people just were supporting us there for our national anthem. Um, And we had some pictures um, of that. And I kneeled with a and We all locked hands, though. Like, no matter what you chose to do, you could do whatever you wanted. But we were going to lock hands. We were going to be in unison. And when I went back and looked at those pictures, it was so much more powerful. And we had, like, Black History Month shirts on. And um, I think I just made a post about that on Instagram and kind of how I was feeling. And... Um, I was just like, okay, like, what's next? So a big thing I wanted to do was, how it started was um, create a Black Student Athlete video. Because I thought that, and I actually wasn't even on BSAC. I was just a part of BSAC. I wasn't on the board at the time. Um, I just was like, okay, like, who are some people I know that can help me get people together in a pandemic when it's just like, we're not close. So... I uh, called Afe, my teammate, Oren, uh, Tarek, and Adesi, and I was like, okay, we're all in the same year. There's, those are my people, but like, we were just like, okay, like, get as many black student athletes as we can, and like, we got to figure it. And I reached out to Bobby Thompson and was like, okay, like, how can we make this happen? Like, okay, so we need somebody to produce the video because I don't have those technical skills. Like, we need. What do we want to say? What do we want to convey? Like, how do we get everybody's voices heard? And um, I didn't know if actually people were gonna even like want to do it. But once we started reaching out to people, um, there was a lot of people actually that wanted to do it. So I was like, okay, like, all right, like we were having. Um, that like five of us were having meetings. It's like, okay, Desi knew somebody who actually graduated from Cal Chase, who is an amazing videographer and producer and stuff. And like the, his, the stuff he creates is absolutely amazing. So I can't even lie. When she was like, I have somebody. I was like, oh shoot, we're going to have some like horrible. I don't know if this person really knows what they're doing, but he did for sure. And then it was like, okay, what do we want to say? So we sent out a, um, a a Google form and like with just a bunch of questions about how people were feeling and giving our black student athletes a voice. And then I compiled all the answers into a speech. And then uh, we divided up the speech that I wrote from the answers. And then we were like, okay, you have this allotment of people, you have this allotment of people, you, like, reach out to them, Instagram, it don't matter if you don't have their number, email them, we were, like, harassing people, kind of, we were like, please get this video to us, this what we need, this what you need to say, or this what you, the sign you need to hold up, and then we were like, okay, like, Chase was like, I think a voiceover would be cool over Cal, and I was like, okay, like, who's gonna do this voiceover, and the person that we were gonna have to do the voiceover couldn't do it and I was like oh my gosh okay sounds like I'm gonna do the voiceover so (laughs) So I was like okay well let me try to get a voice together and um 
long story short, sorry, I'm a little ranting, you're but good, um, uh, it all came together. And I think that video is actually in, in the midst of this. I was also talking to Sierra when after Charmin had a conversation with us and we were like, what Sierra actually reached out to me first. and was like, Hey, um, we had a team meeting and I spoke and, and we all cried about some things that I was feeling and she just reached out to me and said how compassionate she was and how she really wants to help but feels helpless but has some ideas and wants to run them by me and wants to like talk and she wants to just talk to me and like figure things out and me and Sierra were like close but we weren't like that close at the time uh, on the team but um, her just reaching out and saying that and saying that she had wants to do actionable items was big to me. Um, and I was like, OK, like, let's figure this out. And she sent me like this three page Google Doc. And I was like, oh, we got actual plans. <laughs> so I talked, we talked, we FaceTimed. We were like, OK. So I was like doing this Black and Athlete project and I was doing the Racial Justice Project at the time. Didn't have a name. Um, I was also a part of the Pac-12 SALT team, um, which is the student-athlete leadership team for the Pac-12. And I, I, was, I won in May, actually. Right, yeah. yeah. So I was the representative with Cam Rogers for, for Cal, and we were just having a lot of conversations around that, too. So um, there was a couple people who, like, were trying to do some things, and I was like, okay, like, I think I can have a voice in all these things. And at that point... <laughs> It probably, like, was bad, but I was like, I'm going to say how I feel, and I don't care what people think. Like, this is kind of the first time where it's like, you don't have to shy away, where it's like, I don't want to be, like, this may be bad, but it's like, I don't want to be the angry black woman, or I don't want to be the black woman that has to, like, talk for all black people all the time. But I was also just like, I'm one of maybe three or four out of, like, the 20 people here, like, something has to be said so um yeah long story short there 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 was a lot that went into all of those which is we we don't have to get into because I know it's a time strength but um it was a big pivot for me and also it was a something that was I was able to put pour myself into when I didn't have basketball yeah and like I talked to Reese Whitley about this as well. Like here, he was a part and of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw he was a part of it. And when we talked, he was like, "Dude, like I'm tired of of the media and always having to be that person." But at the same time, like if if somebody doesn't step up, then who will? You know, and it's it's that it's conflict tiring. where it's tiring, but you feel the responsibility and and all these things. But I think what you were able to accomplish with that, I don't know. At least from mm-hmm. an outsider point of view, it like changed who you were at least at Cal like everything that happened after that because again the recognition looks beautiful but you don't do it for the recognition right. it's just it's just a result of the work and when you did that to be able to express yourself and let things go and have it be an outlet when you didn't have basketball when you didn't have school well you were like let's make these videos let's go uh do the big zoom with everyone which is how we met and then mm-hmm. I dm'd you and it was like yeah I want to help out with this too and and little things like that but you ended up being I mean, you were on the, the first thing that caught my eye that I was like, damn, was the being on the cover of Slam for the <laughs> presidential elections in 2020, yeah. uh, being invited by the Pac-12 to do the Amplifying Voices for Change, doing that talk. And then, I mean, things that were added to that, like the Muscle Milk 
student athlete of the month and then you were at the black uh, student athlete summit just just now and then there was an ESPN black symposium which you were at as well and just recently you and Sierra uh, won a catalyst award for that work congratulations yeah, to you, you and to Sierra <laughs> and and it's like all this work that I mean maybe you obviously weren't doing for all these accolades but it received them because it had an impact on everyone else and I think that the thing that many people don't realize is the impact it has on others mm. if it weren't for that I would have never like thought about oh I could do this or I could help out in this way and yeah, I've learned sure. so much from you guys just through this process but I think that the best lesson out of it all is you were so focused on basketball and school and all these things and in your lowest moment you were able to find something to replace all of this with do great work and I'm not sure if you realize but impact so many people along the way yeah, and I think that's the best part about that's why I like to call it the obstacle is the way because you could say oh, it's such a bad moment in my life from an outsider <laughs> point of view it seems like one of the best because at least in my case that's like the moment you just impacted me so much and the reason yeah. I like I said in the meeting <laughs> that you've been on this list for so long because it's like wow it's so admirable that. no I appreciate that I think um I'm trying to do better at um, also, you know, giving myself my flowers at my times. So my teammates are big about me uh, being better at that. And I've gotten a lot of feedback from them about just allowing myself to be present and um, and uh, give myself some flowers in that sense. And I think I don't always even, like, I appreciate everything you said because I don't even always... Uh, realize the impact that it had um definitely I realized when you know people came back and we were back in school and stuff and being able to be so close with my hands in the Cameron Institute and um you know the AD and everything like that um I think I have access which I'm very appreciative of for sure um, to a lot of different things within Cal, and I've been grateful for the opportunities to, to have my hands in a lot of different things, but sometimes I'm like, dang, like, I didn't realize that it really, you know, had the effect that it did have on people, and my, my, uh, Cal experience definitely changed during that time, um, yeah. for sure, um, where, um, I think, you know, it's cliche, but, like, the more than an athlete from LeBron. But that was, like, the moment in my life where I really, really, like, felt more than an athlete um, at a, the university. Um, there's a lot, like I said, as my team is like, like, there's a lot to me. Like, I love theater, and I love dance, and I love watching stuff. Like, there's a lot of, like, different weird things that I actually love just because of my upbringing that people don't really realize or know about because they know me as a basketball player. But um, that was, like, the time where I was like, oh, like, I can do other things other than playing basketball. I am okay, you know, maybe good at organizing things or, like, bringing people together and, and stuff like that. But it also taught me a lot about myself, like, not getting too big in the accolades and trying to do the work more. And I think Sierra is, like, having her by my side for the Racial Justice Council and then bringing you on and Bryn on was amazing because it was like always about the work for us and like what are we going to do next and balancing each other out instead of like trying to get 
accolades per se and trying to get the most people to i was like we could have five people at our meetings but if there are five people that want to work like that's big and we ended up having thankfully more than five (laughs) all of our meetings but um it, it allowed us to it allowed us to allow others to be seen in ways they'd never been seen before yeah i think for sure yeah and i think the best part about it all is all right you have five people at a meeting 15 20 25 30 like all these things but i think at least in my projects the way i go about things is if it impacts one life that's enough that's that's good you know i'm not going to chase after the the accolades or the recognition because that's not what it's about and bobby thompson was actually the one that told me this he was like in the moments when you're least expecting it is when it will come and that's been the case in so many things especially recently in the past two three four months for me and it's like all right i just got to focus on the work and the rest will just come but i think it's about at least in my personal experience not Mm -hmm. thinking about the result not thinking about how do i do this like how, how do i get it done but rather doing the work to then have everything else take care of itself like you can only do so much and like you say you can only control your controllables and if that's putting out the message that's you for me i'm gonna this is all recorded i'm gonna put it out the response it gets it's not up to me anymore but i will work so hard for it to be something that i would like to view and for people to view from me but it gets to a point where you control your controllables and, and that's it I think that's also what's so special about Cal, too, though, because not everybody has this opportunity to use the voice that we we can use or get the access to other people that we can. Um, I would say the Black Student Athlete video is one of my biggest special moments at Cal. Like, through all of everything, basketball, all of the, like, the Black Student Athlete video is like prized possession for me and a lot of others who are part of the making of it because the work that it actually took to put that together during a pandemic and like the outcome that it actually had and um, the people's voices that were able to see and it would play it on like the Pac-12 network like it was on TV like all types of stuff but um I don't think I would have been able to have the the confidence to do it if I didn't have the people around me at Cal. And if I didn't just, I feel like there's just something you learn here at Cal where it's just like, you can do it. It may not always be easy. It's going to be hard. Some people are going to tell you you can't do it. Um, people told me I couldn't graduate from Haas in three years. And hopefully I can. Yeah. Um, people are going to tell you you can't do it all the time. But that doesn't mean you can't and I think that's where my faith comes in it's like if I believe if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen yeah but uh God has a plan and if it's in his will and his way then it's gonna happen and it's gonna happen the way it's supposed to happen and I think what's big and a big thing that I've learned and I'm still learning um because these past couple months for me have been like just to be completely like authentic and honest, very challenging. Um, I've had a lot of ups and downs mentally, emotionally, physically, just trying to figure out what's next and how to how who do I want to be and 
getting the courage to to do what I want to do and what I need to do um and uh all of the ups and downs of life and of um my experiences have put me here where I'm going to be and where I'm going to take my next chapter um but being present and being in the moment is really big and allowing yourself to feel the emotions that you need like being sad being happy being too happy sometimes being too sad sometimes like not understanding anything that you're actually feeling not wanting to get up and do anything that day but knowing you have to like it's there's a lot of emotions that go into a lot of different things and a lot of different decisions and I feel like you have to stay in those moments and you have to figure out how to get through them at your own pace and at your own time in your own way without being like, like people like Michael Jordan did this. Michael Jordan's the best. Michael Jordan did this. But it's like when he put out the last dance, like it was like, oh, he was going through some things like he quit for a little bit. He came back. But like he needed his time too to figure out what was for himself. And I think that's kind of where I'm at right now, just trying to figure out who I am and what's next and getting the courage to do what I have to do next. Yeah, and I, I want to stay on this topic to start closing out, but I don't want to skip past what you did accomplish year three as a basketball player. You were back from injury, 22 games, 12 starts, third on the team with assists and steals and seven games of double figures um and obviously where you're at now is graduating from the Haas school of business <laughs> in three years you're transferring to colorado state to continue playing to start your um post-grad studies mm-hmm. um and two more years of ncaa basketball sure. eligibility wise so yeah. that's awesome in that sense um with everything you were saying what you were saying reminded me of a video that i love on youtube that it's something I watch before I start projects, which is do what you can by mm-hmm. Casey Neistat. And it's everything you were saying, like, do what you can. You can't come back from the same injury three times until you can. Right. You can't be a student athlete at a top university getting a top degree <laughs> of in business while doing all these projects on the side and inspiring the next generation, honestly, until you can, you know, and it's all those little things. But like you said, there is a hard part to it. So moving forward, to what extent do the ends justify the means that you have to go through to get there? And is there a point where you're just like, enough, that's (laughs) it, or what keeps you going? (laughs) Um, What keeps me going? Or is there enough, yeah. I am just being real. I am in that right now I'm I'm um I'm going through that what keeps me going um it's my family for sure it's God for sure um but I'm figuring out why I'm doing what I'm doing exactly yeah and I think the why is a big part um I like I, you said, I'm thankful I, I came back from injury, but I wasn't who I wanted to be this, this year at all. Like, not even close. Didn't reach my fullest potential. Um, 
I could have been so much better. Um, and, you know, it it takes a while to come back from surgery. <laughs> like, I wasn't feeling like myself. Like, I was fine. I was 100% per se, body-wise, on my foot. But um, I just didn't have it yet. Um, and that's still coming, and I'm working on that right now. But I'm also giving my t- my my... my um, myself the time to find it i think and i think that's one of the biggest things that like people don't talk about is like it just doesn't come you know and i'm figuring out what that means for me like i know the next place i'm going to i'm gonna be ready and i'm gonna do what i need to do but leading up to that i'm figuring out how to maneuver to get to that place um and um i love basketball i love it um i still love it i have my ups and downs it's like uh do you like come on i need you to dig deep like is it still there and and it i f- i found out it's definitely still there um still my happy place but i have a lot of things to work through the, the experiences that i've had and stuff a lot over the years to like um definitely like I went back to therapy my freshman year um and just talking through things and like instances that have happened and just figuring out like that dog inside me again and I think I'm leading to that and I'm getting close but I'm still on that journey of finding that dog and and um and I'm ready for it to be shown this next season, this upcoming season in the new part of my life. There's a lot of new things that are happening, moving out of California for the first time in my life. And, um, you know, that just has a lot unloaded for itself. Yeah. Um, but also just like staying in the moment and finishing up these summer courses and just um, understanding, like we said, like going back to the beginning, like, um, like your tribe and who's for you and who's not for you and how do you maneuver through life and who do you want to be and how do I want to market myself and um I think a big thing for me that I just read from a book Viola Davis's new book called Finding Me is like um the first step is courage yeah and I think my decision to leave and go to Colorado State was the first step of courage that I needed. That is very, very hard to do. Um, and the next step of courage for me, I think, is just allowing myself the time to do what I need to do to get ready to produce at the level that I know I can and uh, keep continuing to grow and build. And I don't know what's next for me. And um, I'm appreciative of the Racial Justice Council and BSAC and SALT and a lot of other things that I've done at Cal, but also meeting you and understanding the relationships that I've had and that I've built and continuing them. Um, but just like trying to find and be the, the person that I am and who God wants me to be and continuing to grow. That's awesome. And I'm very proud of you for, for everything you, you've done here. And I mean, I, I could easily ask about what you're going to study and what you're going to do, but I think <laughs> leaving it off in the now for sure is a perfect full circle moment, especially with the transfer you did have in high school and hopefully it correlating with the transfer you're going through right now. And uh, I mean, in all honesty, I could 
100% say that you just left your dent at Cal. At least you left thank it you. in me, and it, it's been a pleasure and honor getting to experience this all with you, and thank you so much for taking the time to, to do all of this. And I really can't wait to see what you go on to do in the future. There's for sure, at least on my end of part two coming <laughs> of this in the future. For sure. But because there's a few things that I'd love to touch on eventually, but I think right now it's perfect to leave it off this way. And I can't wait to see you find yourself and fall in love with the game again and fall in love with life again. And I don't know, maybe at some point enough is enough. And then at another point, the ambition just keeps going. But yeah. If anything comes out of this, I just hope you know that you've accomplished great things here and they should not be belittled or overlooked. So Thank be you. proud of that because we all are. So congratulations on everything. I appreciate it. Yeah, the dog the dog is coming back. So it's, it's all good. We're going to figure it out and we're going to keep going. And I appreciate everything that you've done here and continue doing. And I'm a huge fan and supporter. So keep going for yourself too because I'm ready to see you on the field and in here. So Thank you so much. For sure. Thank you. Well... To everyone that watched on YouTube or listened on Spotify, thank you guys so much. Uh, if you like this episode, please share it with anyone you think it could help them out as well, whether they're going through ups and downs or whatever it is they're going through. I'm sure this will be helpful to many people. Uh, you can follow Kai on her social media to follow along the way. The links will be below. And that's pretty much it. I'll see you all next time.